Do you have any weapons, any guns? The best, but we won't need them. I'm glad to hear it. I want one anyway. Stuck on a toilet, you know. 
That's, that's like one of my biggest nightmares. That and not having deodorant. Like Murtaugh, hey, I always just wipe it with the phone. Yeah. You got the three seashells? <laughs> I don't even know how. I, I, I kind of wanted that. always wanted that one to be explained. I never understood it, but it's there. I really, I prefer a bidet, though, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever with the seashells, dude. And your no, that sounds like you could be beautiful. A fucking yeah. robot. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um, let's talk about at least one thing we all been all been watching. Kind of talk about that for a bit. All right, and uh, everybody can hear me okay still. Yeah, What's man. that noise? Are you like in a garbage disposal or something? <laughs> no, I'm using a. Uh, so apparently not everybody can hear me that well. Okay, I'm using a. Okay. Uh, I'm using a headset. Okay. So is that is that not gonna coming through to you guys or? Yeah, it's well, I can feedback or whatever. Well, I can hear you, but yeah, there's some feedback. Sometimes you sound like a robot, but yeah, it's know. like sound waves <laughs> whooping you. Right, hold on, let me uh, try this over here. Try this. With a, how about now? You, yeah, you're there. You sound better. A little better. All right. Yeah, I put the uh, I put the volume of the headset down a little bit. That might have helped. Okay. It sounds good though, man. It sounds fine. Yeah, there it is. And I'm done. I just use my fucking. I just use my piece of shit headphones to cover my phone. Yeah. Oh no, these are these are gaming headphones that I got. To play uh, Star Wars games, this is like these are my specific Star. No, they're not Bluetooth, but they're uh, they're uh, Star Wars Turtle Beach headphones. I got them when I was working at Target a couple years ago. Oh, those oh, should be fucking amazing. Then yeah, Turtle Beach is good shit. Yeah, they're great for uh, you know when I'm gaming and stuff. But I don't really use the microphone all that much. Yeah. You know. Yeah, some weird sort well, of like. I don't, uh, I don't yeah, you know, Wolf and Sand will let you pull this shit off. Get something ready. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I use these when I I use these headphones when I uh, when I podcast on uh, you know on the Throwdown Thursday show. I use these. You do really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, sorry about insulting them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, I'm in the studio when I'm doing that, though. Oh, you know, I'm in the. You know, this is just hooked up to my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got you. I got, I got a pair of um, what they called. Um, they're also gearing headphones. I don't use them for the show ever, but I probably should. But they're um, they're like a lime green sort of colored. I forget what they're, I forget what they're called. It's like a, the weird symbol. It's like a sort of. A, an X, but it's like snakes. I don't know what they're called, like Venom or some shit like that. They're really like $80 headphones. They're fucking, they're gaming headphones. They're nice, but I don't know. Something about, something about your regular shitty headphones for the show seem to work a lot better. I don't know why, but it's the way it works. Yeah, I got What's a pair of shitty headphones. I got some insignia headphones from Best Buy. They had them fill one day, and I was like, let me try these. Slaygot <laughs> uses uh, Williams headphones, and they sound, they sound good, so I don't know. Weird. 
Yeah, he be hiding in the house for you to wear your tent poles. Well, what's um, what's one thing you guys have been one new thing you guys have been watching recently or lately? I watched what? I watched Justice League today. Oh yeah, yes. Wake up and tell me about you watched that today. Yeah. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Good. Other than that, I watched, I watched. Um, I've really been watching some older stuff this week. Yeah. I've been watching Twilight uh, Zone a lot this week. Yeah, I love Twilight Zone. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. I've been, uh, uh, I've been rewatching yeah. The Office. Like, but you know, nothing really new. I mean, I did pick up a. Uh, Lego Avengers game tonight when I picked up my uh, my shark wrapping paper. Uh-huh. So I I picked up the... Uh, I mean, I love these fucking Lego games. I don't know if you guys play them all that much, but, you know, I know that everybody's like, oh, they're for kids, they're for kids, but, like, you know, I played the, the third Lego Batman game, and when you're flying around as Wonder Woman, it plays the Linda Carter theme song. So, oh, like, really? Still, like, Ten-year-old kids that are going to get that reference. Yeah, I played yeah, that. I my nephew, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I know my nephews were playing, and they had like the um, Danny Elfman uh, Batman thing. Yeah, yep. When Batman's around, yeah. Yeah, we mean Brian. You got to save uh, uh, Force Awakens. Lego Force. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I just beat that. Like, I got a hundred percent completion. It's like the first Lego game I've gotten a hundred percent completion in like, oh, forever. Shit. Yeah, that's a, wow. Those Lego games, you the best thing about the Lego games is that the money that you pay for those games, you get every fucking cent worth playing those games. So, yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, and Lego, Lego Star Wars Force Awakens is a blast. So it's a lot of fun. What system are you playing on? Um, each one, each y'all yeah, playing so, on? On PS4. Oh, okay. okay. I plan on getting like a PS4, like Black Friday, but like pre-Black Friday. Because like I was looking on Sam's Club. Sam's Club sent me an email today and said I can get one like Sunday morning if I order it. For, like, one oh, shit. Night. So I think I'm going to jump on that. Yeah. How much? $199 is a hell of a deal. Yeah. yeah I paid $700 for my fucking PlayStation 4. Holy shit. Holy shit. I got mine. Okay, good. Yeah, I played three hundred for my PS3, and it's just been like a real good Blu-ray player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still use mine occasionally for games, but yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't play the play PlayStation Three. I got my my PlayStation uh, a couple years ago because I ended up um, I I won some money on uh, Fan uh, FanDuel. Like, I won, like, 500 bucks on FanDuel. Wow. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, I had put some money away for vacation, but now that I know I have this, well, I think maybe I will... Uh, you ain't going nowhere. I want to buy my PlayStation. <laughs> so I, I put the, I used my PlayStation, uh, I mean, the money that I had put away for vacation on a, on a PlayStation. So I ended up buying it. It came with... Uh, and this is when I was working at Target, so I got a shit ton of deals. So it was like buy it and you get two games free. So I or yeah. So I got the system that had um, the Last of Us. This is right when uh, Arkham Knight came out. 
Uh-huh. So yeah. I was hoping to get the American yeah. Night. But they didn't have, uh, we didn't have that PlayStation anymore. So we yeah. ended up getting, uh, I got the, what the fuck is it? Uh, Last of Us. That's mm-hmm. what the system came with. And then I got Destiny. And, uh, some other fucking game. What the hell was it? Some Assassin's Creed game that I ended up giving away because I'm not a big Assassin's Creed person. Yeah, neither am I. Even though Origins is actually really good. Yeah, I I tried playing a couple of them, but, like, I just, I couldn't get into them. So, like, I went and I bought it, and it was, like, the top three holiday at the time uh, up here in Massachusetts. So it ended up costing me, like, 342 And then the next day it went on sale for 10% off, so I brought my receipt in, and they gave me another $40 off. Ooh. So that cost me three hundred dollars for the system in three games. Oh, okay, that was nice. And then we started running a promotion where if you buy a pre-order card, you would get twenty-five percent off a game. So I started like buying all these fucking games and then uh, price matching through Amazon, and then using <laughs> like my discount and everything. So I ended up getting like the uh, Arkham Knight game for like. 30 bucks because I priced them at the Amazon. I was, I was just buying these random fucking uh, $1 fucking pre-order cards. Fucking wheeling and dealing, man. Yeah, I bought fucking, I bought the Godzilla game. I got Lego Jurassic Park, which has like all four man. movies. Like, I was just, I was getting everything. Yeah, the last, the last system I had, I hadn't had a system, you know, like play video games in a while, but I had bought Arkham. What do you have? What did I say? Arkham. Uh, uh, a PS3. I mean, not PS3. Oh. The, um, Xbox 360. Oh, man, yeah. And I had just got, I pretty much had just got that thing repaired, and um, whenever Arkham CD came out. Don't repair it. That's a I'll, bad idea. Huh? Uh-huh. Don't repair it. It's a bad idea with the lost cause. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it had years ago when I had got it, gotten it repaired. I yeah. had put Arkham City I had put Arkham City in and was on the demo mode or, you know, getting ready to do the training shit. Yeah, that yeah. motherfucker red ring, That motherfucker red ringed on me. I never looked back. I went and sold that game to a friend of mine, and I was like, fuck it. I'm, not, I'm never buying an Xbox anything. No. Three years That's- ago. Yeah. I mean, I have a 360, but it's because a friend of mine, uh, he was staying with us for a while. Uh-huh. And, uh, he had won the Star Wars edition. So, like, the one that looked like R2-D2 and had the fucking uh, yeah. Yeah, C-3PO yeah. control. Yeah, that's awesome. So he's like, oh, well, I have this one, like this shitty one. You can have it, you know. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I, I have that. You know, it's got like no, no memory in it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Star Wars. And it's it's fine enough to really use it for. Yeah, I had um, I had the Halo Three one. Um, the oh, yeah. stuff of that. Yeah, I enjoyed. I bought I bought that uh, the Glacier uh, edition of PS4. I have the white one. So. Uh-oh. Oh, sweet. Con- yeah, yeah, I've seen that in pictures. Yeah, Cosmo Extra, that's why Cosmo Extra plus I bought Far Cry 4, and I bought a, like, uh, a, a couple-year warranty, so that's why it ended up being, like, 700 but, I mean, you know, the thing, you know, PS4s are so simplistic, but, like, amazing machines, 
So I, I, yeah. I was, I was mm-hmm. happy to buy it. You know, I think it's so easy to clean and fucking easy to connect to your TV. It's just two plugs. I mean, come on. I mean, fucking Microsoft creates a fucking power box to, and a plug that comes from the power box to your fucking Xbox into the wall and all this goofy shit. And I'm like, come on, man. It's a simple cord. And See, I'll, simple I'll cord tell you right now. I will tell you right now why I will not get a fucking Xbox because every year, year and a half, there's a fucking new one. Ooh, this is the really good one. Oh, exactly. hey, now this is even the better one. Yeah, like, what did they have now? Didn't they, what they, did, did they just come out with another one just recently? Like literally yeah, just Xbox recently. Yeah, one, that's what I'm saying. Zero, yeah, Xbox One something. That yeah, came that's ridiculous. But have you like, guys seen? They have came you guys out, seen the graphics for um, Assassin's Creed Origins? Have you seen the graphics on uh, the X, the new Xbox? No. Oh, man. Yeah, fucking, I, I've seen some of it. It's, it's inc- pretty fucking, fucking impressive. Incredible. It's incredible. But if I had bought a 360, you know, when I when I won my money, if I had bought a fucking 360. And then, like, uh, not a 360, uh, an Xbox One, and then fucking six months later, a new fucking system came out. I lost my shit. I would have been pissed, too. Are you kidding me? Like, I just bought this. (laughs) PlayStation doesn't do that. I don't know. That's why I love them so much. They fucking stick stick to the guns, man. Stick to the guns, and that's how I like it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why I, I couldn't understand. I'm like, why is, you know, everyone's like, oh, Xbox is so much better. I'm like, oh, which one do you have? The new one, the new, new one, or the one that's coming out in four months? Because <laughs> it was like the Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One S fucking Street Fighter Turbo, whatever the fuck. Xbox One Slim or some shit. Like that. Come on, man. I don't, I don't give a shit. That's PS4. It's, I'm happy with it. I'm fucking good. I like it. Xbox Zero has less calories. <laughs> hey, Patsy, did fucking did Battlefront two come out today, or is that next week? That that was it came out technically like if you had a pre order, it came out the other day, and I had a pre order, but like, I mean, it was just one of those like one dollar pre order cards. Yeah, but I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm gonna get it. Like, I kind of really want to because I love the demo. Like, I had a really good time with the demo. Sure, but, sure. I don't know. I don't know. Like it. I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna buy it because my me and my son love that first one. So that's See, I didn't that's... like the first one so much because it was only online. Like there was no campaign. Yeah. I didn't like it. You got that background noise is like louder. That's a lot of shit. Look at Transformers like transforming constantly. Hell yeah. Like I literally have everything off around me. Yeah, I hear it, man. Sorry. Let me let me try something. Let me try. Alright, how about now? That's good. Well yeah, it sounds good. It so sounds good now. Better? We'll see. We'll see how it goes in the next couple of minutes or so. Um Yeah. Shockwave would be bad. Well I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck you guys are listening to. Like, what fucking noise you're hearing from? I have nothing on around me. Like, I'm all by myself. I don't get it. I'm too sad, ain't it? 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, there's so many of these, like, these episodes that are like, oh, you know, oh, this is what I really want. Like, I'm getting what I want, but like, it's something terrible. Or one of the, the best ones is, you know, the guy shows up, you know, at the, or the people show up at the uh, at the house and they're like, oh, yeah, we have this button. And if you hit this button, you get a million dollars. But somebody you don't know will die. And so finally they're like, well, fuck it. Let's hit the button and get a million dollars. And the guy takes the button. He's like, where are you going? And like, oh, there's somebody who doesn't know you. Oh, it's it's pretty much all about exposing the worst in humanity. Yeah, and I think yeah. he he did a good job of of being like, okay, you know, Pierre Belay has a great idea, but what can we do with this to kind of Twilight Zone it up? So to speak. yeah, that, that beginning the beginning of the first one, we got you got Heston in the in a ship, and they're they're sailing along. And he's about to take a nap for you know a couple of years or whatever. He says, he's reading, he's talking to the, uh, the tape recorder there. And he, he had a line where he says something, I'm going to paraphrase here. Uh, but he says something like, but tell me this, are, are you know, basically are humans or is man still killing man? Is man still letting the children starve in the streets? Stuff like that. That's very Rod Sterling. So, I mean, yeah, you know, Ross Sterling, you know, if anybody is, is completely inept to, you know, the Twilight Zone, um, you know, wrote a great, uh, an amazing classic masterpiece of an anthology series called the Twilight Zone. It's a hit or, I'm sure it's hit or miss every once in a while, but I mean, for the most part, Twilight Zone, it was uh, one of the first, in my opinion, uh, of, a, of a series that really blew the doors open on science fiction, uh, free thought. Free thinking, all this stuff. It, 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 you know, women wrote on the show. Every walk of life wrote on the show. And Rod Sterling yeah, was never yeah. prejudiced. He was never he was not a prejudiced man. He let anybody that had a good idea wrote on that show, or he wrote the script to their idea. So he was oh, very he was very forward thinking in that in the very early period in America. And uh, you know, people don't realize how much they should probably think. Sterling, because he was such a, you know, the dude wore a purple Innovative. heart. He got per- yeah, yeah. very. He got a purple heart, and and be- in uh, World War Two, you know, he was he was very against war. He hated war, and uh, he was a good. He was uh, a pretty great human being. He died at fifty, which was a serious bummer. But I mean, he created a, a, a very great platform for people like Richard Matheson and stuff like that to you know really put their ideas out there. And, you know, Richard Matheson and fucking Sterling kind of go hand in hand, very, you know, <laughs> very cynical uh, people. So, uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Matheson wrote a bunch of those episodes. Ray Bradbury wrote a bunch of those episodes. Sterling also cynical, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but, I mean, Matheson, and, you know, a lot of people, if you're not familiar with Richard Matheson, uh, he wrote... Great uh, writer. Great writer. Um, I am legend... He also wrote Duel, which was uh, one of, uh, I think that's Spielberg's Spielberg. first film. Yeah. The yeah. Spielberg and uh, Michael Gross film, which is an awesome TV movie. And he also wrote Sir of Echoes, which is, came out eventually with Kevin Bacon, which is a great flick. Yep. Um, but um, he's very talented. What Dreams May Come? What Dreams May Come? 
which is which is man, you know, a, a fantastic flick in my opinion, a great, a better story, but fucking bad fucking story. And it, but that's that's what I like about the Twilight Zone, and what I like about Matson and what I like about uh, Sterling. I mean, uh, not Sterling, but um, Bradbury, is that, you know, even though it's science fiction, there's a very real through line through all of their stories. So yeah, it made total sense for Sterling to be on this, to write the script for this movie. Go ahead, buddy. I'm yeah, because most of his, most of his, um, most of the credit and stuff comes down to choice. Like, yeah. human nature and, like, the choices that you make. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Like, that's the most of what... There's an episode, I think, where the, uh, the genie... I, I don't know. If, I'm not sure if you guys seen it before, but it's one episode with uh, a man who owns an antique store, and an old lady comes in and sells this guy a bottle. And he gives... He doesn't have very many, very much money, but he buys this bottle from this woman, and eventually he ends up finding out there's a genie in the bottle. But with the with the, the wishes that he gets, there's always re- repercussions. But the yeah. genie mm-hmm. always makes sure to tell him that there are repercussions to every wish that you make, and it will not come out the way you think it's going to come out. And you watch that episode of Twilight Zone and pretty much get everything you want to know from the Twilight Zone, how it's gonna go, how it's gonna go in the Twilight Zone. So, yeah, um, Corny, uh, what, what's um, how, what are your feelings? How did you come to it? You know, um, on, on the whole series, like you know, what does it mean to you, Planet of the Apes series? Um, let me think. Really, I was a kid watching it. Uh, the first couple of times I remember. Uh, ever sat down and watched it, like, this time of year during Thanksgiving, they would have, like, that marathon of, of um, Planet of the Apes films on the USA channel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And at one point, my mom just told me, well, you need to get those from Blockbuster and sit down and watch the whole thing without the commercials and everything. So I want to say within the next week or two, I went to Blockbuster and sat down and, you know, watched them all and loved them. And, um, you know, it's like little bits and pieces of plot that, you know, kind of disappeared just because um, they're showing it for TV and stuff that I yeah. kind of, you know, noticed. Yeah. Um, I think it's real good. I always thought it was real good science fiction, and it takes several years. Really, uh, like, I hadn't seen any of those, at least these first three, in a probably yeah. about four or five years. So I'm kind of working off of memory, when, you know. We're talking about this right now. Sure, man. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a couple of things that always kind of stood out, like you know how Doctor Zeus was, and you know just you know the situation, you know just the situation there. Yeah, yeah. So let me go ahead and uh, summarize Planet of the Apes. Um, Planet of the Apes, nineteen sixty-eight. Radio G, which blows my mind. Radio G. Almost all these are Radio G, which is crazy. You all have this fucking, most of them have a very dark, dark ending. But, uh, anyways, um, an astronaut crew crash lands on a planet in a distant future where intelligent talking apes are the dominant species and humans are the oppressed and enslaved. So, um, any of you guys want to take, uh, the reins here 
to start this one off, or you want me to do it, or? I'll let you do it. Yeah, I can. I can. Oh, okay. Who wants? Who wants to do it? Anthony, you want to go ahead and do it? Go ahead and do it, buddy. Go ahead. All right. So you've got these, these the three astronauts. You got uh, Charlton Heston and uh, his three buddies, and one of them is a girl. And apparently, the three of these guys and this woman are supposed to repopulate and colonize wherever they're landing. <laughs> that math doesn't work. Okay, me and Jeremy had this talk about two hours ago. When, whenever <laughs> yeah. we were going to set, you know, whenever he asked me was uh, was I ready for the show, I was saying yeah. to myself, I told Jeremy, I was like, how the hell will they go do that? The very minimum you would need, and I learned this from the Matrix, the very minimum you would need, 23 people, 15 female, 7 male, and that you can get a diverse enough population, you know, to, I mean, like, that's the same issue I have with the Bible. I'm like, wait a minute, Adam and Eve were the first people, and they had two kids, and they were both dudes? Well, definitely not my only problem with the Bible. Well, yeah, all, definitely one of the problems I have in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, it's a big editing thing in the Bible because after Cain kills Abel, he goes out and it was people, people that were around were saying that they knew he had that mark. So that was just the first two people they actually mentioned in it, you know, in the Bible. Bible, yeah, you know, Bible was. Yeah, they're very poor. Oh, I get it. So they were like, they were like the main characters, and like everybody else was kind of like ancillary characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah, yeah. after he kills, after he kills, yeah, after he kills Cable, he um, he's going out, and people knew that he had that mark on him. So that's a lot. Because yeah, nobody ever mentioned where those people came from. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of fucking happening before. There was a lot of fucking, a lot of fucking happening. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a bunch of but it, yeah. It you got to regret. But at the exact same, time, same issue. Yeah, but at the same time, there's a lot of insects happening because, you know, two people are, you know, you know. Well, everybody exactly. It's, a, it's the same situation here in Planet of the Apes. No, it was. In Planet of the Apes, you got three guys and one girl. <laughs> That's a fucked up math, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree. I totally it. agree. And they're That's all related. The yeah. They, they probably, yeah, they probably would sit those, you know, sit the four of them out for like, um, you know, to watch them do porn on a on an alien planet. That's the only thing I think of. <laughs> so the only the only thing I could think of is like a like, poor right. woman. A poor woman probably poor. Get, in that ship. She has no lines. It's, it's terrible. Like, like, yeah. No, like that's a, and that's what sucks. It's like this, you know the thing that I, I I dig about this, like you you've got these guys, they land on this planet and you're trying to figure out where the hell they are. And they come across and they see all these, like, X's. And you're like, what the fuck are these X's? And they never really explain. They're just like, oh, that's the Forbidden Zone. But they yeah. never tell you, like, why it's forbidden. They never tell you, like, what those X's are there for. Because to me, the first time I saw it, I thought those were, like, dead people or dead animals. Like, dead me stuff. too. I was like, me too. Yeah. Did they, like, crucify people and just, like, leave them there hanging up? Like, what the fuck? I thought so as well. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta mention one thing. The, the score is by, uh, I think it's Jerry Goldsmith. Did the uh-huh. score, and it's awesome. And it sounds very much like a Twilight Zone episode. It's very strange. Um, and I like, yeah. 
I like all the stuff in the beginning. I like all this. I like the monologue sort of that Charles has in the beginning, talking into the tape recorder. Uh, I like him going to sleep and then it kind of fading into the credits and all these sort of reflective sort of special effects going through space and then the whole plane, the, the whole spaceship crashing. It's really incredible. I think it's a really well done scene. And I got to say, before we get any further, now this is directed by uh, Franklin Schaffner. And Franklin Schaffner directed uh, Patton. He also directed uh, Papillon, which I think is is a fucking awesome movie. Oh, with, Dustin, uh, Huff, Justin, Justin, Justin Hoffman, Hoffman and, and, um, and uh, uh, fuck, um, Steve McQueen and uh, Steve McQueen. Yeah, okay. yeah awesome, prison awesome challenge. prison, awesome prison movie, authorized movie. It's a fucking yeah. great flick. Uh, definitely check it out. But um, I love the, the the commitment to detail because. You know, Heston comes out of that ship and he's already grown a beard. His hair is obviously way longer. And most of the characters in there have grown a beard. And it's not like you're some fake-ass fucking, you know, Hollywood makeup effects. There's dudes that actually grew a beard, grew their hair longer. It actually, they actually waited and took their time, which I love. Um, it's probably, you know, they probably filmed most of the stuff with the beard and the long hair first and then kind of went back and shot the first part after they cut it. But it was... It's yeah. very cool, and uh, um, uh, it's very um, you, you appreciate the attention to detail, especially with the packs they throw off the ship, um, and all the sort of how it's all sort of like um, cataloged with like you know ammo clips, water, compass, stuff like that. It's very cool. We have food and water enough for three days. It's like oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's like thirty six hours. They have food and water. I forgot to mention. Like, oh, good luck. Yeah, Charles has to smoke a cigar in his spaceship, which I love. I love that aesthetic. I love when he like smokes <laughs> in his spaceship. It's the best. <laughs> and he 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 saves it in his oh. pocket for later, which is the the greatest. <laughs> God forbid you land on a planet where it's mostly methane. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine if they landed on a planet with like a higher oxygen content, would you set the entire atmosphere on fire? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Well, it's <laughs> like I done fucked up. <laughs> yeah. You can it's have good. my cigar when you fry it from my cold, dead head. <laughs> so, um, anyway, Pat, so, you want to go? Want to keep going with it? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> they don't know where they are. They have no idea where they've landed. And, you know, luckily for them, because, you know, they really don't have a choice, the atmosphere is breathable. It's, it's uh, a hospitable, hospitable planet for uh, humans, which is nice because, uh, again, humans. they've crashed. They have, <laughs> like, there's water pouring into their fucking uh, spaceship. Yeah. And uh, you got that apple. as They're fucking, like... They're rowing away. Like they have their inflatable raft, and they're rowing away. And the guy's like, "Yep, almost sinking, almost sinking." No, and, yeah. uh, like, thanks, asshole. Why don't you help me paddle? I noticed that too. That was hilarious. Yeah, that's very funny. Like, oh, that guy's a dick. Total dick. Yeah. Uh, they knew he was dealing with when they were trying to win him in, with um, with NASA. So you know, you stuck with it. <laughs> I one of the things I like and um the when they notice that the woman
woman that's with him is dead. Like, I don't remember her name because that's how fleshed out they made her character. She was essentially supposed to be like a sperm bank. They mentioned yeah. her name the I mean, I, two times. Was it him or? It's something like, it's very, very um, generic and it, it, there's not a lot of thought. But yeah. Ster, I blame Sterling for this, but because uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how the book is. So I don't know if you're talking about her more in the book or not. So I don't think she's in the book. I think it's like a team of three guys. All right, like that. I think that's one of the changes. Ah, okay. Well, no, see, it's not like the last thing you need is like three horned dudes in space. Well, you know, whatever works. Whatever works. Uh, <laughs> they're they're not. Uh, they didn't send them there to colonize anything, though. They sent. They found a planet, and they were sent to, like, check it out. You know, check out the planet. Sure, yeah. They weren't there to, to colonize anything, so, you know, three dudes is all they needed, apparently. All right. So, well, you know, yeah. one thing I noticed of the opening, and I don't know if you guys noticed this as well, uh, and I'm trying to remember. I might be I might be way off because it's been a while since I've, I've watched it. Did the opening it, of this film, like with all the stuff that they were showing in space, did it remind you of the opening of the Richard Donner Superman movie from 1979? Uh, it's different because, well, yeah, they're traveling through space, but like, what they're showing, um, it's obvious that it's like, a, it's a reflection, but they color, colorize the reflection to be like, I guess, asteroids or whatever. Uh, but it's, yeah, I but like I mean, it, it has like I, that same type of feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has that same kind of feel. It's obviously not as, um, Epic as John Williams' score in the Rainbow Awards coming towards you, but it is very awesome. It's very creepy well, because also, the way they. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's also like, you know, over a decade prior, you know, they didn't. For sure. Yeah. They didn't really have, uh, you know, the same, same effect Special available effect. to them. But the effect. What year was, uh, awesome. what year was uh, 2001 made in? I think Kubrick did a real good job on the on the space effects in that. Oh, he did an awesome job. That's yeah, that's he did. That's mid seventies. Yeah, I, I, I want to say that that was a couple of years before before um, wasn't it? Was it I think it came out around the same time. I think it came out in '68 as well. Oh yeah, look that well, up. I, I gotta know because 2001 is a fucking incredible fucking masterpiece. I'm not saying that Planet of the Apes isn't. Yeah. Planet of the Apes is definitely a masterpiece in my opinion, but, um, but yeah, I think the intro, I, heard from a, I, think, I, I didn't hear from a flat earther that, I, uh, oh, uh, fuck oh, the flat earther, Come on. Yeah. Fuck 1968. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah I, I, I did hear from a flat earther once that, um, Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon landing. So, those are yeah, yeah, yeah. the moon landing also. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, well he he has to he had to fake the moon landing because Earth is flat. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So <laughs> I I, I love I love that Heston and his crew after they get off the after they get out of the lake. Um. By the way, a side note: Heston's clothes gets fucking stolen because they decide to go skinny dipping in this fucking lake. He gets his clothes stolen. Um, there's a very risque shot of all he three of them standing nice in front of very thinly veiled bushes. You can pretty much see the fucking taint on all three of these dudes. 
They're fucking standing there. And it's it's hilarious, but it's it's great. And um, they end up make, well before before all these skinny dipping, they travel down that fucking sand dune. It's it's long. Like those guys really walk. They, those guys fucking slid down that fucking like mile long fucking sand dune, which I dug. Yeah. And then at the end, fucking uh, Harrison is like, how much water? It's like eight ounces. He's like, fuck that. I'm gonna smoke a cigar. I like that's a, that's some old school fucking sixties shit. I'm gonna smoke a cigar. Fuck the water. I'll be okay. They yeah, it's like, oh, do you need do you need some water? No, I'll just smoke this cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking. Essen is a uh, fucking atypical man for sure. Ooh, my. It seems that our one woman that came with us on the trip is dead. Who wants to swim naked? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in the fucking audience. So, um, they end up getting... Even on planet Earth when it's populated, out of populated and everything, you got to keep out of your clothes. You know? You yeah. Don't wanna... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love this. If I was out in space like that, I'd be keeping up with my wallet because you never know. <laughs> just a couple of dudes, just a couple of astronauts, skinny dipping. That's what. <laughs> like we have a we have a we have a very specific mission. We've got thirty six hours worth of supplies. Let's swim naked in this waterfall. I I love the. Oh, okay, that seems like naked. a good plan. I'm glad you're the leader. <laughs> How about that scene where, where his buddy plants the little miniature American flag and you got like a fucking half a second scene of Chespin laughing his ass off as the camera pads pans no. into a blue fucking sky. It's amazing. <laughs> to be honest with you, to be honest with you, I'd laugh at that asshole too. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> You're planting a flag? What a waste of time. Come on, let's go swim naked again. One <laughs> step for man. Let me see your balls in the watch. Um, the... What happens? <laughs> they, get, they get out of the water. They put on some burlap sacks or some shit and get chased by... We don't know yet. I, I like that build-up to the apes. You don't get to see... All you see is the savages at first. You don't see the apes. You see some horses and shit. And you get that great scene of Heston looking through this cornfield sort of out into the open where the apes are on horses on with rifles. And it's a great scene. These, yeah. it, for me, it's, a, it's, it's an honest reaction to what he's seeing. Um, and I, I love the I aesthetic. Go ahead, buddy. Well, I was going to say, I would have loved to have like, had, like, the three of them kind of, like, crouching down, trying to figure out what to do, and it's like, kind of like, oh, boy, I wish I had my American flag to wave at these guys. Yeah. Yeah, but it also, it's, it's, it makes sense, because, you know, hysteria kind of, uh, kind of happens, everybody's running, running around and shit, fucking cutting melons off the top of treetops and shit and throwing them down to each other. And all of a sudden, these fucking monkeys show up on horseback or apes show up on horseback with rifles and everybody starts fucking flipping out and running in all kinds of different places and stuff. And, you know, everybody gets split up. And 
it's awesome. It, it looks good. The, the camera angles, the camera shot, they have a crane shot in there, which looks really awesome. Um, it's very well done. Yeah, it's uh, the practical effects for this are great because, like, I'm pretty sure some of these fucking stunt people get seriously injured. Like, they're running full speed and all of a sudden, like, a net comes up and catches them around the neck. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But, like, oh, yeah. They get dragged for real on horses, dude. They fucking, they got dragged. You can sell, you can see it. They get pulled quick on fucking horseback. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, oh, you're being dragged by your throat. Like, make it believable, Jerry. Ah, oh, you looked at the camera and we'll have to do it again. <laughs> so Heston, <laughs> I, I think Heston gets shot in the neck. Um, they capture his ass. They throw him into a fucking, uh, you know, a, basically a, a, a paddy wagon, and they take him back to this basically a zoo. I mean, it's a research facility for them, but it's basically a zoo full of other savages. Um, and um, Heston is there, and you get introduced to, uh, I believe it's um, Zira. Zira gets introduced, and you, yeah. eventually, get be you eventually get introduced to uh, Dr. Zayas as well, who is a complete asshole, in my opinion, but I mean, hey, I could be wrong about that. And the keeper all of knowledge and shit, you know. Yeah, he's a keeper of he's a keeper of faith and knowledge, scientific knowledge, and some shit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He's definitely a shady asshole. He's definitely a shady asshole for sure. Right? He, he does not want to acknowledge that possibly there could be a human that comes along that is smart as the apes. Um, and you kind of you kind of see there's some really great scenes. You know, I kind of passed up. I just thought about it, but there's some great scenes because once they're chasing Heston and his crew and all the other savages, uh, people are getting shot left and right. And there's a great scene where they're putting where they're putting Heston in this paddy wagon. You get this cool camera pan, and you see all these fucking bodies basically just hung up upside down, and it's like a fucking trophy kill. They just kill a bunch of these yeah, humans. Yeah. And it's it's fucking dark. Really dark. Oh, it is. Like, and it's funny. It's such a uh, a commentary on like how we as a society like treat animals. You know, it's like the same thing. Like, oh my god, this is cruel and inhumane. I'm like, yeah, but we do the same shit. Why is it okay for us? Yeah, yeah and, and so, I think and, I think that's what it, again. I'll probably say this a few times, but I think it's why it was perfect for Sterling to write this because I'm, who knows what kind of shit he saw in the war? There's probably some really fucking sad, fucking really fucked up shit he saw in the war, and it really stuck with him. And he put it into this fucking movie, as well as animals he probably really? saw in the war also killed. Well, one of the things that I thought was um, was really interesting because it it seems accurate to me, like yeah. the caste system with the three different um, you know the, the, yeah the yeah the gorillas the chimps and the, the, yeah sure yeah 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 you know you like the the orangutans are like the keeper of knowledge and and like pretty much run the society. The chimps do all, like, the scientific work, and then you got the fucking gorillas who just run around and do all, like, the... the military, yeah. The military, yeah, the military shit, yeah. Um, 
So, so what happens? What happens next after fucking Taylor is, you know, Taylor Charles Hessen's character gets caught and he's in this prison cell? Well, he's he, uh, you know, he's he's looking into how these uh, these other uh, these other chimps and everything and like all these different apes he's seeing all this shit. He can't speak because he gets shot in the neck. And, you know, he's listening to how they talk to him and how they talk about other humans. And, you know, he's, he seems like he's got, like, a, a, a specific personality to him. So Zira, who's the psychiatrist, is like, ooh, I'm going to call him Bright Eyes. Because, oh, look at how expressive he is. You know, which is, again, something <laughs> yeah. that we do. It's like, ooh, look at this. You know, oh, his, you know, my cat has, like, a stripe on his face. I'm going to call him Stripe. <laughs> you know, he's getting a name based on a physical characteristic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he ends up like they're they're cool. Uh, the the apes, you know, they've got like the fire hoses and shit. And yeah. The uh, like they don't have any like stun batons, but they do have like these long poles that they jab them with. Yeah, yeah, jab you. The same uh, way, like. Yeah. Which like is dog catchers will like loop a thing around the uh, a dog's neck and but like have the long pole to kind of control them and keep them away like fighting them. Yeah, they also sl- they also scrape the bars with their fucking like billy clubs basically, and they fucking intimidate yeah, them like, and shit, which is really pissing you off even more than being shocked. You get you get prodded with a wooden stick, and you get fucking like you know this weird sort of sound across the bars that fucking drives you crazy. Yeah, it's very, they're very aggressive. Yes. <clears throat> and, you know, at one point, Taylor's trying to friggin' communicate, so he, like, grabs Zira and, like, takes her pen and paper away and writes something on the paper real quick. And, like, they, you know, beat the shit out of him and take it back and give it to her. And she looks at it, and she's like, holy shit. You know, because, name. You know, they're reacting the same way we would react. Yeah, he just wrote, my name is Taylor. Yeah. Uh, and then we see them a little while later. Oh, go no, go ahead. I was just, just going to say, it's, it's very cool that they... This is one of the things I appreciate about classic movies. Um they take their time. You know, yeah, Heston, yeah. Heston, Heston talks maybe for 20 minutes, and then all of a sudden it's all, they're, all, they're, they're being chased by the apes, he gets shot, and then it's another probably 25 minutes before he even talks again. He doesn't talk for a long time. And it's very cool. They just take their time. They let that shit build. So when you hear him say, you know, keep your hands off you damn dirty apes, it means something because it's been so quiet for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you see him write his name on that that pad of paper, and you see Zero kind of like slip out, and they try to tell fucking Cornelius about it or you know Dr. Zayas about it, they're like kind of blown away by the whole thing, and and sort of and Cornelius is obviously in denial about this for some odd reason. I don't really get. It. I guess just because he knows. Well, you eventually find out because Cornelius is. Cornelius is Zero's um, mate, by the way. <laughs> not yeah. talking to me, okay? But Cornelius, Doctor Doctor Zayas, 
definitely has some sort of he has a grudge against humans because he knows humans are also yeah. just as aggressive. They also don't appreciate the things that they have or had in the past. That's why apes are the dominant species now. He knows that. Well, and plus I, I I think he's uh, a little bit apist. I think that's probably <laughs> Zing! Yeah. That's real that's really racism right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> well I mean he makes, oh, that, that, he makes a valid that's, point. That's, that's, that's um what's that? Species species species, species. Or, or whatever. Species? Yeah. yeah. Uh it's just sound better. <laughs> <laughs> but he makes a great point. Like even as as fucking Savage, primitive, uh, like, you know, people have progressed so far that they've had to regress because, you know, it's, you know, there's nothing around, there's no technology anymore, and people are mute. Um, yeah. He, he's gotten to the point where, you know, he sees, he's seen a ton of shit. Dr. Zayas, I'm talking about. He, you know, yeah. he, they've had these excavation sites and all this stuff, and he knows. The, chimp- the the orangutans have all this like built up knowledge and they know all this stuff, but he's able to like take his prejudices and his knowledge and still use like what's going on in the present time to illustrate his points. He's like, you know, look at what man does. Like he just you know consumes everything and then moves on to the next part and then you know does this and like you know they're savage and you know he's talking about you know, man's history that gave rise to the planet of the apes. But there's, you know, the apes have seen, like, the specific behaviors that he's talking about in these primitive humans. Yeah, agreed. So all of his points are valid. Definitely. And it's it's no wonder, you know, you kind of you start hearing that and learning that more about him and... Everything that he says, you start to become more on his side, um, which again makes the story very compelling and makes it original and it's very great, but also simplistic sort of through line to uh, any sort of human being, like any human. Uh, that it's, it's right-minded, in my opinion, that, that well, can think freely and think clearly will understand that what you're doing, what these people have done here in the past, is not good for our future. Right. Um, well, I mean, and I, I think, think I, I hope most people understand one of the parts, that. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that, like, kind of illustrates what I was saying is when, you know, after... You know, Zira sees that, you know, Taylor's intelligent because he writes the note. Like, she takes him, and she takes, you know, it's like him and uh, Cornelius, and they're, like, in this room, and they're, like, they're asking questions and stuff, and he's, like, writing things down. He's like, well, how did you get here? And he's like, I flew. He's like, nope, flight is a scientific impossibility. Possibility, yeah. Yeah. Airplane. And then when... Like, Zayas comes in with, like, gorilla guards, and he's like, what's going on here? And you're like, oh, well, you know, what? he's like, what the hell is this? And Zayas like, oh, it's a toy. It floats on the air. And Zayas looks at it, and he knows what the fuck he's seeing. 
Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Oh, you're an idiot. And, you know, just crumbles it up and throws it away. Yeah. You know, because he doesn't want anyone else to have, like, he knows, it's kind of like if the government suddenly said, oh, yeah, aliens are real. Yeah, we've been visited all the time. Like, people would freak out. If sure. That Agreed. humans had this ability, like, they would lose their shit. They would go ape shit. No, no, no pun definitely <laughs> yeah. intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, they would. They would lose their minds. They'd go crazy. They'd, like, you know, it would be this all-out, like, class warfare. But, yeah, you know, and you would end up with, most likely, the gorillas running things and just trying to exterminate everyone. But then the society wouldn't advance anymore because they don't have any scientists or, or, you know, philosophers or what have you. They're just mindless savages. Yeah, yeah one, one of the things, uh, thinking about what you just said, um, Patsy, I think that um, if we knew aliens existed and we could actually communicate with them and they came down and kind of told us, better yet, if they came down and they're just like us, it's no telling what will happen on this planet just because everything about you, everything you learned about religion, we're probably just yep. thrown in a garbage can. Yeah, the, the, fun, the foundation. And a lot of people just wouldn't be able to accept it, you know. No, the, the, founda- the foundation have, on which, you know, decades and decades and upon decades that people have created for us to stand upon would become this it would become crap it would become yeah become irrelevant it it wouldn't mean anymore and then not only that if aliens did come down here and actually you know proceed to talk to us make contact um you know evangelical christians whoever with some religion would twist it in a way to ruin it for everybody and twist the message that it's just this is my opinion at least uh it's twisted in a way to benefit them so yeah yeah. Yeah, I no, I agree with you on that. Um, I was gonna say. Uh, Sorry, I get off point. Speaking of uh, <laughs> no, it was, I think it was a great point. Of, uh, mindless savages. I was gonna say, speaking of mindless savages, uh, why isn't Slagoff on the on the show with us tonight? Uh, we really, can't get how we're set up now show. is using a phone call, and you can't really get but three people on at a time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, he might be melting somebody's house with cheese, with molten cheese right now. So, <laughs> That's true. well, Slagoff <laughs> well, told me that he was. Slagoff has only seen the first one. I think he told me, and he's he's not a huge fan of the rest. So that's okay. what I got. Um, so, um, but if anybody's listening to this episode, look, be on the lookout. Me, Corny, and Slagoff are doing a, a commentary. Episode on Lethal Weapon for, weapon for Christmas. For, oh yeah, Lethal Weapon for Christmas. So he'll be back. Uh, he's I mean, here all the time. That's a Christmas movie. So yeah, that's what Hell we know. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm anyway, I gotta tell you though, I, I know it. I know it's slightly off topic, but that fucking molten cheese story when he blew up the fucking molten cheese in in Raven Shadow's house. Oh my god. <laughs> Now, I Murph heard told me a little bit. Murph, Murph told me the other day he was in, in, in the basement when it happened. And he came upstairs and he said, well, he, might have, he might have said it was like cheese on the ceiling. Yeah. 
and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to run around. I'm like, I don't know where the fuck he thought he was going to go. Yeah, I don't know. He just yeah, he's thinking we had the same wet. girlfriend. Because <laughs> <laughs> this right now, guys, Nova is and, super hot. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Linda Harrison? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's her name. Uh, I believe she's she's in she's in most of the making up. She's in the first two making ups on the Legacy collection. If you guys have that, but she's fantastic in both. But uh, man, she was wow. This is her first movie, so it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think she I think she's even better in, in the second one. So, but I'll get we'll get yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, it's funny. One of the one of the things one of the things you were saying about the makeup. Is you know it's funny because in the first you know as the movies went on and as more and more sequels came out, like the budget got smaller and smaller. Yeah. So they the mask up, got deeper um, and deeper. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Like only like Roddy McDowell got a good mask. Everybody else just had like a fucking cheap ass gorilla mask. Yikes! I did so not know that. the only one that would be, you know. Uh, you know the one that really would be shown. Yeah, everybody in the background. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know, I've only seen the first three, so, you know, I've never gone past that. But I believe it. Everything I've heard about it, I believe it. And if you guys watch those, that making of documentary, which is a massive documentary, um, they basically they basically let you know that that's kind of the way, after the third one, things were starting to go. It was starting to go downhill. So, um, Taylor, they eventually catch up to Taylor. They net his ass. And that's when you get the classic line, you know, keep, you know, keep your hands off of you damn dirty apes. And it's awesome. It, it, it means, you know, some, you always hear about some of these movies, you know, like the Dirty Harry, you know, Make My Day, or something like, no, well, you know, um, the, the great, uh, you know, uh, 357 line and shit, you know, it's the most powerful hand yeah, in the world, yeah. blow your head off. Um, but like, you know, I you just hear got line, to know. I just got to know. Yeah, Scorpio, Scorpio Killer. Uh, well, no, no, it's not Scorpio Killer, um, Killer guy from the bank robbery. Uh, but yes, yeah. It's a bank robbery, yeah. Um, but um, you hear these lines and sometimes you can be let down, uh, but with Planet of the Apes, you're not let down. It holds up immensely like it, it's powerful it's very it's a very powerful scene it's a powerful line um and it really holds up to this day you know you know like 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 Kathy was saying 40 basically 40 years later it, it holds up really well well it's one of those lines that you know you may never have seen the movie but you know the line no yeah and it's exactly parody and and like there's so many things like, he even reprised that line in the Tim Burton version. He said it the other way around, because he was playing an orangutan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, get your stinking paws up, me, you damn dirty human. Yeah, yeah, he, he's like laying in bed the whole time, too, right? He didn't really do very much in that one, does he? I forget. Well, because he was like 160 years old at that point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my bad, my bad. But, like, you know, once you hear, like... um like, uh, my dad would, back in the day, my dad would say, like, um, you know, if I was, like, I was goofing around, he asked me to do something seriously, or he was just basically spit off some pretty awesome movie lines I didn't know at the time. He's like, I'm not going to walk out. 
And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, like me, Smith and Weston? You know, I'm like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, it's from Dirty Harry, man. You gotta check it out. So, you know, once you see Dirty Harry, you hear him say, oh, I can't let you, we can't let you walk out of here. Who's weak? <laughs> Smith and Weston? That's a fucking badass line in fucking Eastwood. And was a land the spot, which is great. But I mean, it, it, these are the, the lines that Heston has in here. And if you, you know, we have the classic lines that we're talking about now, you know, you know, it's a madhouse, it's a, you know, all that shit. It's great. Yeah. But like, yep. You were, but like, I think Heston had even better lines. Like I was saying at the beginning of the movie when he's talking to the tape recorder, he's got some great lines in there that, that Sterling puts in that script that are super powerful. So, I mean, and Heston, Heston, in a way, looks like a fucking ape without a mask on. The way his jawline sits. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. You, the way his jawline sits. He's got that old beat up face. Yeah, yeah. You, you tell he had a hard life, obviously, but he's a very he's a very cro magnum man. That's what he looks like. I think mean, that's why they picked him for the movie. I I, I would have very hard when I was younger. And he also hated <laughs> he also hated working out for these movies too. These first two, he hated it. He loved to eat food. All the time, so. But um, I think I just want to smoke cigars and swim naked with my boys <laughs> <laughs> and wear an American flag torpedo. But um, I think I'm gonna laugh at American flags. I, I I think that's why they picked him for this movie because at the time Heston was like the all-American man, so they used him for this because it's like an ape society versus. America. So who's more American than fucking Charlton Heston at the time? Besides John Wayne. Can you imagine, though? I, I was, was going to say, can you John imagine Wayne. John I, Wayne? I, 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 Get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. And I fucking like, hate That would have been fucking amazing. <laughs> I hate John Wayne. So, yeah, I, I, I'd rather watch uh, Charles Heston any day. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a John Wayne fan. Marlon, Marlon Brando. I, I think Marlon Brando's a better actor than Charles than uh, fucking John Wayne. That's for damn sure. I mean, yeah. Streetcar Named well, Desire yeah. is a fucking great movie. So, but I mean, you know, it's it's interesting that they they pick the all American boy to fight. You know, basically fight a fucking society of apes. So I mean, because see, I think see I. I disagree a little bit on the casting. I think they chose him because he didn't like to work out. Because if you have a guy, I mean, action movies weren't the same as they are now. Like, not everybody is the fucking rock, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we have an action movie. So who else besides the rock? What's the plot? doesn't matter. We have the rock. Like, you know, he's not like this hulking beast of a man. Like, and he's not like super handsome. Which I like, you know. I like, I like them. That, that we we lost that. We lost that now in 2017. We don't have, we don't have the, um, the 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 pure American sort of like, you know, Humphrey Bogart. You know, you know. The, the, I liked it more when an actor wouldn't be this super handsome guy, but a guy that obviously has had lived a hard life, and you can feel that role. He can play that role because you can feel it, you can see it, you can hear it in his voice come through in that movie. That's why I think Charlton Heston's perfect for this movie because you can feel that, you know, that pain, that that, that growing pain, that struggle, you know, like fucking Bogart and like 
in a lonely place or some shit. That's why he worked so best that in fucking noir, because that dude was like he was noir. I mean, he worked perfectly for it because yeah. he had the look, he had the feel, he had the sound. It was it was perfect. It was perfect. Now, like, like you're saying, dude, like now it's like the fucking rock. Well, you know, get me wrong, I like the rock, but like everybody's got to look like the fucking rock, and I'm like, I'd rather him not look like the rock. So, yeah, you know. it's different now because you don't have people that. You know, it's, you don't have a guy like um, like Bogart who would intimidate with just his look and like and his like, demeanor. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you want a guy like that, you need you know. You don't. You don't see that. Like films are written differently now. You know, I, I, I like the explosion. I, 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 I think you still yeah, get you don't have, have. You really don't have like an Ernest Gordon now right now. No, but like I think you got like yeah, I think we, I think like a got, Robert Mitchum. Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. But I think I think we do have like um, we have like Michael Shannon. My, I think Michael Shannon's like uh, a, a he's like a fifties looking dude. Like he would be perfect yeah. in a fucking noir in the fifties and sixties. Like he's perfect for that. You know, like we yeah. get oh, them, I'll give you that. Yeah, we get them every once in a while. But like it's like you know, if you've seen Nocturnal Animals, like. I mean, that's all you need to see with Michael Shannon. All you need to see is Michael Shannon and Nocturnal Animals. You know he'd be perfect in a fucking, like, Western, a black and white Western, a fucking noir. He's perfect for those movies. But, yeah, it's it's, it's the roll of the dice. I mean, it's a dime a dozen almost because you don't get it anymore. You don't get that fucking, that, that classic, not pretty boy, but, like, haggard, fucking weathered actor lead actor anymore which is a real bummer to me yeah like a like an eastwood like like a fucking eastwood, eastwood. like a guy like that mm-hmm. well like a morgan freeman that's always looked old well you know morgan freeman has always looked old but yeah i get yeah. you <laughs> i mean he was badass in that robin hood movie like he was killing fools with his sword <laughs> sure yeah yeah you are just street smart Yes, that's made a temp in. Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome. It's an underrated, it's definitely underrated for sure. Yeah, you never really see him, yeah, him across the Reed. Yeah, it's a very cool, very cool. I I actually bought it from a gas station for like five bucks. It's an awesome movie. Really? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, you guys want to carry on with with, uh, the first one? You guys pretty much, I mean, I think most people know how that movie is without spoiling anything. You want to spoil it? I think. Yeah. I, I mean, it's 50 years old at this point. Like, if you yeah, haven't gotten around to see it and you're you know, our age, you've had plenty of opportunities. Yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. No, I'm letting, I'm letting Pathy do this because this is, this, this is Pathy's episode. So I'm letting Pathy okay. spoil it. All right. So the whole thing goes back and forth. Like, they have a trial for, for – uh, What's his face there? Uh, Taylor. That's the Taylor. Taylor, yeah. Because, like, they're like, well, where are you Where are you from? He's like, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And Zayn's like, ha, ah, I knew it. I knew there's more of you. You live in a fort. Ha, ah, I caught you. He's like, no, dickhead. <laughs> like, like, there's no more like me. You lobotomized one guy, and you fucking taxidermied the other one. And the, yeah. the fourth one is in the fucking bottom of a lake in the forbidden <laughs> zone. So, no, yes. like, you didn't get me. But it's like, no, Fort Wayne, like, it's not a literal fort. Like, we don't have, like, 
guns and munitions and like there's not like a whole society of hyper intelligent people that are coming to get you. Like it's yeah. just me. I'm like, and if I did live there, like why the fuck would I tell you I live in a fort? <laughs> you know, and then you slowly see like the three orangutans that are like presiding over this this trial. Like hear no, hear no evil, no evil see no evil, evil think yeah. uh yeah. no evil. There's also kind of cool. Um, the, pres- the president's also there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which I find I did like the fact that one of the things that they did do uh, that they didn't do in uh, the book, because the book's only like, I think it's like only about 100 pages or so, because it's not a, uh, it's not like a, a, a giant book or anything by any It's, you know, a very quick read. Is it more um, of a novella or a novel? It's a novella. Yeah, it's okay. definitely a novella. They call it a novel it is, um, on IMDb, so I wasn't sure. I mean, 100 pages isn't very long. It's not more like a novella. No, it's, it's yeah, it's, I'm trying to see if I can find it. Oh, there we go. I just found it. I have it right here. Uh, it is. Let's see. 128 pages. Oh, yeah, that's not pretty long. I said this is better as long as Hellbound Heart. It's also a novella, so. Well. But, it, but is it. Well, I'll let you finish your, your thoughts. Your, I, I'm going to let you finish talking about the rest of the end of the movie, then I want to ask you more about the book. So, go ahead. Okay. So, the. Uh, the whole the whole time, like, you know, Taylor's trying to prove that, you know, who he is and, like, where he came from and, that, like, but these apes are so ingrained in their, their views that they couldn't possibly be, you know, intelligent human Quite, yeah, yeah. 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 So they finally make it to this cave that... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Cornelius has been excavating because he's an archaeologist. Yeah, yeah. He's been waiting for... To, uh... Yeah, he's, he's been trying to, like, you know, excavate this place. And, you know, they they take Zayas by gunpoint to kind of get to where they, you know, need to be. And they're like, all right, you know, look, like, oh, here's this. And uh, this is a prefabricated heart valve. And here's some false teeth. And Zayas is like, that doesn't prove anything. I could come up with, you know, I can come up with a, uh, another explanation that proves that it's not everything you say. He's like, oh, look, a human doll. And he's like, yeah, so my granddaughter plays with a human doll. And uh, Nova has it, and she drops the doll, and it talks. It says mama. And he goes, yeah, but would an ape make a human doll that speaks? And, yeah. Yeah. You know, finally they're like, all right, you can go on your way. Take Take your, uh, like, just a great line. It's like, oh, I had no idea that man could be monogamous. And Hessen goes, on this planet, it's easy. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it. So it's a very sterling line, yeah. So he's like, all right, you know, you can go. We'll let you go off, you know, you know, because he's like, oh, you know, Zaya seems to think that there's some kind of, uh, there's some kind of other settlement or civilization like over in the forbidden zone. So I'm going to try to go there. You know, 
wisely, remembering that last time he had 36 hours worth of supplies. This time, he doesn't bring any. So no, not at all. He doesn't have to worry about that. Uh, he did not. I don't know where he hid his cigar, uh, <laughs> but it was somewhere in his loincloth. <laughs> up in that, that ass. And they even say, they're like, well, what's he going to find out there? And Zayas goes, his destiny. And then Zayas is like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're also going to, like, completely, like, cover all this stuff up about, like, the talking doll and, like, everything you found. And, like, we're going to completely destroy it. And oh, you guys yeah. are going to stand trial for heresy. And they're like, yeah. but why? It's like, because nobody can know about this. It will destroy our entire way of life. So, while, while yeah, Zayas you guys is tied up. Right? Yeah. He's tired. Oh, yeah, this, this is after. This no, is, yeah, they let him go. Oh, they let him go. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Once they let him go, and one piece, you know, Taylor's on his way with Nova, and, like, they're, you know, trotting down the beach with the horse. He's like, yep, yeah, you guys are going to stand trial for heresy. Sorry, but, like, that's just the way it's going to be to preserve uh, our, our... Well, things might... We have things, like, no one can know. Things turn out way differently in Beneath, so we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So. Uh, yeah. Well, so, I mean, for, you know, for, for they're, Cordelia, they're they're along. Along. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they're moving along, you know, Taylor and what's her name? Nova. 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 Yeah. And, like, he starts freaking out. He sees something. You can't see it, but he sees it, and he starts freaking out, and he's, like, yelling and screaming, you know, the... You know, you did it, you blew it up, damn you all to hell, and he's like pounding the sand, and then like, it kind of pulls back, and you see the Statue of Liberty sticking out of the ground, which was like, amazing. Like, the yeah, that's time you see that? To me, oh. that might be one of the saddest endings to a film, you know, one of the saddest endings to a film that I can remember when I was a child. But you know, you think about yeah, it now, so it's like, you, you think about it now, though, and it's... <laughs> It's it's of a time where things have become more cynical. I mean, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. I mean, Sterling has been doing this for a while. You know, I think I think probably doing started in like '58, '59, something like that. And this is when you get you start getting more cynical stuff. You get stuff like Full Metal Jacket in the in like the early '70s or mid-70s, you know, you get more stuff like fucking Death Wish. Stuff becomes more cynical and more realistic. They, they, they have, they've gotten to a point in, in humanity. Um, Full in Metal America. Jacket was 90, 97. I mean, 87. Oh, 87. Okay, I'm, I apologize. But you, but you know what I mean, though. Like, like with Death Wish and stuff, it's, even 2001, in a way, however way you want to look at it, I mean, it's it's an ending that Things you don't getting quite... Gritty. It's getting gritty. It's, you don't quite understand yeah, it, yeah. but you know, but you, 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 it makes you think. It's not, it could be a happy ending for you or it could be a very unhappy ending for you, however way you want to look at it. But I like this era of film, the cynical era, era because you got like Sorcerer and stuff like that, you know, William Freakin' Sorcerer, uh, with, 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 uh, Roy Schreider and stuff like that. Yeah. In the 70s, yeah. 70s, you know, um, it's very cynical, and I like that because, like, you know, not everything is planned out like it's supposed to be. You know, dirt, we've been talking about Dirty Harry. The ending of Dirty Harry, he's throwing a fucking what's this badge mean? Throws fucking badge in the water and walks away. Fuck it. Yeah. Who gives a shit? 
I mean, who know? But who knew that we're gonna have Magnum Force in the, the, a couple of years later? But but it's like you didn't know. And with with the Statue of Liberty pan out, it's so chilling. I saw this shit. I saw Planet of the Apes when I was like fucking twelve, right? Uh, I was young. My grandma loved the Planet of the Apes series. I watched it when I watched it with her for the first time. Uh, it blew my mind, you know, right? I, but I had you know I had already seen like the thing. I had seen like Dune and fucking Assault and Priest in thirteen. I had seen fucking uh, run the um, um, what is it? What's the movie? Corny, what's the movie with fucking uh, Dustin Hoffman, the the Marathon Man? Which oh yeah, I think, oh, I think yeah, with Lawrence Olivier. Ooh, yeah, that's that, terrible. Ooh, boy. I think that, I think whole, yeah, it's all fucked up. But is, is Marathon Man a Matheson story? I don't remember. Anyway, Sydney. As a what? Who wrote that? You know, you guys remember who wrote no. that? I don't no, remember. I don't think it's it's Matheson. Okay, it's, it's a very fucking cynical movie, though. You guys know, you guys seen it before. It's it's a it's an incredible movie, but it's man, it is dark. But um, mm-hmm. but it makes sense, you know. You get you have um, hard. What is it called? Uh, is it Hard Times with like Yafet Kodo and um, uh, Harvey Keitel about the working man who was directed by fucking Paul Schrader, who wrote fucking Taxi Driver and shit. I mean that shit is blue. Uh, uh, blue, I think it's called Blue Collar or something like that. Um, it's a fucking great movie though. But I mean, this is the era for that. This is the this is on the cusp of the era of cynical fucking times in film in in, in the film history. I mean, it made so much sense. We also got to remember movie to end that way. We also got to remember that like Planet of the Apes came out like when this film came out it was like the midst of the civil rights movement. Exactly. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, or for the tail end, anyway. Yeah, tail end. You know, yeah. Vietnam is going on. At Vietnam the is going on. Like, you've got... Yeah, like, you've got a ton of shit going on, like, in the world at this point. You know, Nixon, uh, all that shit is going... No, uh, uh, it's not Nixon quite yet. No, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's Nixon and because uh, Nixon was early seventies. Because right after, because uh, this was written in '63, and that's yeah. when uh, Kennedy got assassinated. So then Johnson came along, and then after Johnson was Nixon. If, I, if I'm getting my chronology correct, which I think you are, may or may not be. Well, I, you know, yeah, like like Paths of Glory. I think Paths of Glory came out. Around the early '60s, which it's another Schubert film, right, Corny? Yeah, Glory with Kirk uh, Kirk Douglas. That's a dark, fucking depressing movie, and it's cynical as shit. I mean, it's it's just a perfect stories like this to start happening. I think that's I don't know. I I feel like, and I could be wrong about this. I'm not a historian, obviously, a film historian, anyways. But like, I feel like. it was stuff like Sterling was doing at the time. I think Twilight really opened up, opened a lot of doors up uh, for films like this to get made because, you know, 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes of episode of Twilight Zone was it never, almost never did happen. It was always, like you were saying before, um, Patsy, about like how it's all like your choice, the choices that you made. Well, um, that it determined the end of your your life, basically. 
Well, for a while yeah. there, you had like Shaking Man movies, but you don't really have that now. That's that's how no, we right. saw that. You got twelve, you got like twelve, and, uh, like twelve Angry Men. You got like yeah, twelve Angry Men, and even even if you go and watch uh, Forbidden Planet, you know, sure, sure, uh, yeah, that, that I would consider that being a bit of a thinking man's movie. Sure, because it's, deal, it's dealing with your subcon, you know, subconscious and stuff like that. Starts full that, but yeah. dealing with your uh, what's that super ego or the id or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I, but I think that like the story, it was just it's just a it's just a simple element that you know that the whole story's about in it. it well, yeah, well, yeah, it made more sense. It made more sense um, to make them futuristic, like something like um, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe like another like another sci-fi Huston flick, uh, Soiling Green, which I think is a masterpiece. Soiling Green is very cynical. Um, yeah. It's, doesn't that have a happy ending? Yeah, it's all about overpopulation. Yeah, it's not over, or even like, um, he, he, corny. What's that movie with fucking Bruce Dern? It's like Silent Running. Silent Running, yeah. Silent Running is not a happy movie. It's a fucking bummer of a movie because somebody has to fucking move to space to fucking regrow plant, plantation and fuck it all. It all gets ruined. I mean, it's. It, it, it's a great time for these movies to be coming out. I mean, it's very, uh, you know, I don't like watching cynical movies all the time, but I, it's good to go back every once in a while and watch some of these flips and be like, yeah, it can't always be a fucking Yeah, they hold up and, yeah. Yeah. No, they really do. They very much do. Uh, so, Taylor gets the, he, he, he realizes that the fucking Earth is, he basically realizes that something he's know. always he's always feared is that humans would destroy themselves, and this is what they did. And that's the end of the fucking movie. And if I don't remember, I forget now, but I think the credits are are silent. I think it's just like yeah, silent. you just hear the yeah water. Yeah, you just hear yeah, um, yeah just the wave, which is which is a continuity that they actually keep going for. I think they go they do the same they do the same thing in the in the second one. Uh, which is silent, and the third one, which is also pretty silent. So they just have the narration in the in the in the third one. They have that that little bit of narration. You mean the second one? Okay. No, the second. Yeah, one yeah, has, yeah. The second one. That's the, the that's second the one has a little bit of narration. Very very mediocre amount. I mean, besides that, it's quiet. yeah about the planet being dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and rate this sucker uh, one out of five. Uh, what would you guys give fucking Planet of the Apes? So we're we're going to return back to Patsy and see what he says about his fucking rating for Planet of the Apes. I mean, I got a... On a scale of one to five, it's not a perfect film. Like, there's definitely some issues, but the message that it gives, I got to give it like a four eight out of, sure. out of five. Sure. Because it's just that that well done. Yeah. Corny. Um, I would give it. Um, and that's a classic. I've been watching this since I was a kid. Um, I'll give it five out of five. Angry Zeus. Doctor Zeus. Five angry Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a four point five. Uh, I'm gonna give it four point five. Three naked dudes skinny dipping together. <laughs> uh, it works pretty well. I, I think it's a. I think it's a classic, and it's a. It's a fucking masterpiece, and for good reason. It's a masterpiece. So, um, especially for the science, the science fiction era of fucking movies, it's definitely a fucking masterpiece. So, let's move on to let's move on to beneath the Planet of the Apes. I hope I don't show my cards too quick, but this is my favorite one. Um, the sole survivor of an interplanetary rescue mission searches for the only survivor of a previous expedition. He discovers a planet ruled by apes in an underground city run by telepathic humans. This came out in 1970. This is a two years later. And this is directed years by... Before Caneas was born, by the way. Oh, there you go. Um, happy, happy birthday. Uh, this is directed by uh, Ted Post, who uh, directed fucking Hang Em High, one of the best fucking westerns. And uh, oh, yeah. to round it back to fucking Dirty Harry, he directed fucking Magnum Force, probably the best sequel in the Dirty Harry He did, movie. really? Yeah. So, um, yeah, Back and Force is a fucking masterpiece. So, uh, so let's talk about fucking Beneath. Who wants to take the fucking reins on this one? I'll let Patsy take the reins. All right. I'll let he doesn't want to. So, you want to take the reins, man? Oh, no, I'll, I'll do that. Right. Yeah. I'll take the reins. All right. Yeah. So this one was... It's weird. Like, we, we follow up... Oh, it's weird. You know, it's we weird. see a little bit of what happened. Yeah, like... When it comes to sequels, like, it's almost like somebody had this idea for a movie, and then they were like, oh, you know what else is going to go well with this? Fucking Apes. Like, let's just, like, do that. Let's just make it a plan to the Apes sequel. So we see the second mission, uh, similar to Charlton Heston. And... Well, remember... I never understood why they sent the second mission... Well, like, yeah, how if they sent the second yeah. mission, it well, got remember, the exact same... Look, go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm interrupting. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, I don't understand how it got to the exact... Like, they ended up in the exact same place. Well, like, this this is what I... Because I, I just watched... I just did a rewatch of all these this week. So, the second one takes place right where the first one ends. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they after seeing the uh, Statue of Liberty destroyed, uh, Taylor and Nova take off into the fucking desert, and they come across uh, a wall of fire at one point. They also come across a lightning storm. They also come across an earthquake, and within the earthquake rises a sort of uh, a, a mound, uh, if you will, of a rock, and. Heston says he's trying to he's still trying to help Nova speak and get across to people. He says, No, listen, if if I don't come back from this, go back basically go back to Cornelius and Zero. Go back there. And he goes with his rifle to hit uh this mound uh that's risen up from the ground and he ends up disappearing inside of this rock. Um Yeah, because it's, it's just a mirage. And so he it's, out it's, it's a mirage. what the fuck's going on. Exactly, exactly. Uh, cut to Brent, or Brett, I think it's Brett, um, who has followed the same trajectory as Taylor and his crew, which I don't know how that's possible, honestly. But um, they land, instead of the ocean, they land on 
solid ground. Um, and it seems like it's only a two-party mission where it's him and the skipper, and the skipper eventually dies, and his Brent is, or Brett is left alone. And within like a few minutes, uh, Nova is showing up, and he's trying to. You know, listen, I'm, I'm going to stop right here and ask you guys. I don't understand this. Why did they pick a guy that looked exactly like Charlton Heston to be this new character? I, uh, um, I really don't know that, but for some reason. Years ago, I kind of thought I saw an interview or something where Charlton Heston didn't want to really be in the second film. He did not want to be in it, no. Yeah, and that's why his part's so limited in the second one. Which is interesting because I think the part, the, the, the limited time that he has in the movie, I think is very powerful. And it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. And you also, you also don't, for me at least, I don't wait for Taylor to show up. I think it's pretty compelling because I you think the movie... about it. Yeah, you do, because I think the movie starts and it goes. It has a great pace. It is not let up, really, at all. Uh, it keeps going till the very end. Um, so, uh, Brett, or Brent, meets uh, Nova, and Nova ends up taking him back to the Ape City. Uh, and that's where shit kind of starts going. That's when shit starts hitting the fan. Uh, anybody want to take reign from here on? When we go. Keep on going, because I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't seen this in, in a couple of years. Okay. It's been about five years last time I saw it. All right. All right. Patsy, you want to go? You want you me to go? Yeah, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. Yeah, don't pull the flag off on us. Stay awake, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm awake. Don't you worry about me. Oh, I won't worry about you then. Uh, 100% guaranteed. <laughs> I, won't, I won't worry. Don't you worry Forget about me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so he is, they end up going to the Ape City. Um, Brent is obviously very confused, distraught about these apes are, there's not, I mean, these people aren't men, these are apes. And Nova cannot explain it to him. So he's kind of, it's a cool, um, sort of compelling situation, um, that you have this guy who is frantically trying to figure out where he is, where he's at in time. Uh, with a person who cannot speak, uh, which I think is really great. Um, and uh, they eventually go in there and they find, uh, they, they, break, they kind of sneak into Cornelius, who I don't think, I don't think it's Roddy McDowell. I think it's somebody else. I don't think it's, it's Roddy McDowell. Yeah, okay. Um, you can really tell it's not Roddy McDowell. It's somebody completely different. Roddy yeah, McDowell. Like this is the only one he wasn't in. Yeah. But Tim Hunter is back as Vera. And, which is good. I'm glad they got Kim Hunter back. Because Kim Hunter really, she can really pull some, she can pull that shit together. Uh, she's a great actress. So, um, mm-hmm. so they, uh, uh, Nova and, uh, Brent, they come through, uh, a window in, uh, their hut. And, um, Nova, uh, well, Zira finally, she kind of, just kind of stumbles upon them in this back room. And, Brian starts asking questions like, you know, I'm trying to find Taylor. Where's Taylor? Cornelius brings out a map to show him where, uh, you know, where they last left Taylor um, and give them food and supplies. Zira fixes up uh, Brent's arm, but there's a knock at the door and they have to hide them. And here comes uh, Dr. Zayas. Zayas comes in and basically has kind of changed 
his kind of outlook on humans and uh, and certain civilizations that he doesn't truly understand. And he decides to go onto a sort of mission. I guess I don't know what you would really call it. Um, excavation mission. Excavation. Yeah. Excavation. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Ernest. Is it Ernest or Ernest? Uh, General Uranus, I think his name is, um, into the Forbidden Zone, they march into the Forbidden Zone, to find a certain species there. And Zayas isn't down for killing this species, uh, but he wants to go there to try and talk Uranus out of killing or exterminating this species. Um he eventually he eventually leaves and uh Brent and uh nobody eventually take they eventually take off and get on a horseback and are shot down on horseback uh, and are imprisoned again. But this time they have um they have Veer there and she ends up getting a key from one of the prison guards guards and unlocks the uh the cage on this paddy wagon. And it ensues with a really awesome, I thought it was really well, really well filmed, uh, this sort of fight on this paddy wagon between Brent and this guard, which is really cool. It looks super dangerous. Like, you get this guy who is shirtless, pantless, shoeless. He's wearing a fucking wingcloth, and he's, like, jumping. He's, like, he's getting knocked off <laughs> the fucking hut. You know, they're going, like, like, at least 20 miles an hour. And he's fucking getting rolled off this top of this paddy wagon and shit and jumping back on. And it looks really great. And uh, he eventually gets knocked off. And they eventually make their way into this uh, cave uh, after being chased by Uranus's, um, uh, uh army. And that's when you find out that they stumble upon a New York City subway system. Yeah. Ursus. Ursus is the guy is the the ace name. What's his name? Ursus. U R S U S. Ursus. Okay. All right. That was pretty close, but not. Which is weird because that means bear. Oh, okay. Well, if you watch the documentary, they're making a documentary for uh, Beneath Planet of the Apes. They are looking for a guy who looked more like a bear. I think they actually tried to get um, uh, what's his name um. What's his name from fucking... I can't think. Citizen Kane. Uh, Orson Welles? Sure Orson Welles, Welles okay. Yeah, they sure you Orson Welles for that part, but he didn't want to take it. So they got they got a different actor for that part. Um, so um, they get chased into this cave. Uh, meanwhile, um, Dr. Zayas and Eurystice are marching into the Forbidden Zone and come across this great wall of fire and is also surrounded by all these, uh, those awesome crucifixes, uh, those ex-crucifixes. And um, Zayas basically says, he basically makes a point that this fear that we all have is not physical, but mental, mentally impaired and he eventually he eventually runs into the fire, and it becomes uh, an illusion because you eventually find out that the people underneath the Planet of the Apes are telep or um, they're, they're, they have telepathy. They have telepathy. Telepath. Yeah. Telepathy. Yeah. 
and they put up this wall to scare anybody off. And Brent and Nora um, eventually find these uh, worshippers of the bomb, uh, which I fucking love. This yeah, that whole turns into thumbnail, saying it. Go ahead. Well, you know what's funny? Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead, Corny. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say is, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the War for the Planet of the Apes, but they, um, like, because the bomb has Alpha and Omega on it. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, and like, a lot bomb. of the people in this, yeah, and a lot of, pe- a lot of the uh, apes and a lot of the, um, the, the humans have um, the Alpha and Omega symbol, like, branded into them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, you know, in the, in the new movie, so it's kind of like a nice homage to, you know, the classics here. Well, I have... Oh, yeah, somebody did a copy of that, didn't they? Yeah, I they did. I haven't seen it in the movie. <laughs> Well, Brent is um, some really great scenes. One of my favorite parts about this movie, uh, besides the storyline, because I think the way they took the story, I forgot to mention this. I watched that. I watched the uh, documentary behind the scenes of Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and they got they had a writer. Uh, the writer who wrote the screenplay for this movie was a was a guy who very much feared the the nuclear uh, nuclear basically nuclear ending of Earth. He was very scared of nuclear bombs. And he wrote he wrote a book of poems based on nuclear radiation, the nu- nuclear extinction of the human race. And that's why they picked him for this movie. So he took it into that direction. Um, but um, I, I love the, the the fucking sets in this movie. The sets in this movie are amazing. The underground sets are like some of the greatest sets I have ever seen in a movie. The, all that shit underground would be the underground cathedral is amazing. Like I I love it. And hearing Brent when Brent goes down to the subway tracks and he's like, "This is my home." Uh, it's very, you can feel it. You can feel like he really wants, he really wishes this was not happening and he wishes he was back home. Um, it's, it's a really, it's a really well acted, a really well thought out and plotted. I mean, even if, you know, we'll probably talk about it eventually, but the the ending, however you guys feel about it, I love it. But I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that, but I think this movie, this movie is a, out of sequels, just sequels in general, I think this is one of the sequels that's one of the fucking best sequels ever made. Jeremy, to get off topic for a second, uh, whenever I read the first part of uh, the first book of the um, Gunslinger, yeah, the, the underground reminded me of that when uh, they're going in the mine. They go in the mine. They go in the mine. Yeah, that, the fucking... that's. that's yeah, that's when they, I think it's like a Gulf station or something like that they come across or something yeah, like go, that. Yeah, there's like a shop. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like a, uh, a 68 yeah. gas, yeah, uh, 17 yeah. gas or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's like some kind of transit yeah. system. Yeah, uh, that's, every time I, when I read that, that's, that's what kind of went in my head, you know. It, could, it, could, part of it could be where King got this idea, that idea from, too. 
So yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, the slow mutants. I don't see that anymore. I mean, slow mutants. You could probably see the slow mutants as one of these um, tel- uh, telepathic, telepathic sort of yeah. people. But I mean, like this, like skin wise, and I don't want to get, I don't want to push forward too quickly here because that's a great reveal of what they really are. But um, do any of you guys want to uh, take it? Or do you want me to keep going? But well, let's Patsy. Patsy. Um. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll take it. So, what the you know, uh, you got Brent and and Nova like going through, searching around, uh, trying to find Taylor, and like they they keep seeing like groups of people, and they're trying to hide from him. And eventually, they come across Taylor, and he's he's in a uh, a cage. Yeah, you know, a cell. Yeah, and um, somehow he recognizes Brent. He's like, you're Went. Yeah, I don't understand. And like Nova's <laughs> all excited, and um, she's all excited to see him. And then, like some of these these weird ass guys show up. Now I'm hold on. I might be getting my chronology out of out of they they kill one of these guys, right? Or do they? Is the reveal well, they, of like what these people are. Well, no, I think the reveal the reveal happens when they're having their 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 uh, church the ceremony. Thing. The ceremony. Yeah. Well, yeah. before before that though, I think we okay. should mention that we should mention that um, once they capture Brent and they capture Nova, Nova is held in a different uh, a different place, and Brent is Brent is taken in front of this sort of why um, um, would you call it group um, of, of this the kind of lead group of these telepathic people. And they they say they only speak through their minds. They think that speaking physically is a very barbaric way of speaking. So speaking through their mind is a is the more um, uh, a progressive way to speak to each other. And they sort of um, invade Brent's mind and try to get him to kill Nova, which is awesome scene. It's very cool. Um, yeah, but it's, it's intense. It's, it's super really intense. good, though. Yeah, it's super intense. It's super good. Like it's it's really well acted. Like, one of my favorite things about like these older uh, older films is the like fighting and struggling always seems more real in these films because it's quiet. It's like silent. Yeah, you can yeah. hear all the grunts. Like that's more realistic to me. More finite is that like you? Yeah, there wouldn't be any fucking sound. It's just you hear each other grunt and fucking struggle over each other and shit. Not everybody so, knows karate. Exactly. Not everybody right. knows fucking karate. So it's like when you hear Brent basically try to drown, when, when you see him and hear him trying to drown Nova in that fountain, you feel it. It's like real. And then he's trying to like struggle against trying to drown her. And it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, I mean, I don't think people give, I, mean, I could be wrong here. I don't know a lot of Planet of the fans besides you guys, but I mean, I don't think people really give this movie as much notice as it, as it deserves because this is a fucking I mean for me I'm showing my hand a little early again but I think this movie is just as much of a masterpiece as the first one so yeah yeah I I, I like the part where you know they're like oh we're so non-violent we're so non-violent like we don't kill our enemies we get our enemies to kill each other to kill That's each like, other yeah it's a great yeah. scene but that's still a violent act. 
<laughs> exactly, yeah. So, yeah, and, uh, and so like, Brenton, you know, Brenton, they make, they make, go ahead, brother. I was saying, they make, they make Brent and, uh, Taylor. They make Brent and, uh, Taylor fight each other. And, like, they're kicking the shit out of each other. They're getting, like, smashed into, like, the bars of the, uh, of the, uh, cell. They're fucking spike bars. They're, uh, he fucking put, like, fucking Taylor put yeah. uh, Brent into a spike, dude. It's fucking brutal, man. Like, that shit went into his kidney. He's dead. Like, oh, I don't definitely, care. Definitely, like, definitely, man. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Definitely. Um, but, like, you know, he kind of, like, like the, the psychic guy is controlling him. And then he kind of, like, gives him a reprieve for a second. Yeah. And like, oh, what are we doing? And then he, like, just it turns up the intensity and, like, they try to kick the shit out of each other even more. Yeah. Like, he throws them weapons. Mm-hmm. Like those big fucking spike things. Yeah, the club, the club and, uh, spikes, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, they're fighting each other and hitting each other, and all of a sudden, like, Nova shows up. Yeah. And she just, like, yells Taylor's name. Yeah. And, like, it freaks them all out. Yeah. And, like, he uses, they use that time to, like, fucking beat the shit out of the psychic guy before he can take control again. Oh, yeah, man. Which I thought was great. It's awesome. Yeah, they fucking kill that bastard. Um, and then, and then well, he takes I, his fucking face off. Takes his fucking face off. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> they, they they say something, right? Uh, Corny and uh, Patsy, they say something. And I reveal fucking, my inmost self to yeah, my God. Yeah, yeah. I reveal my inmost self to my God, and they all take their masks off. It, it looks awesome. I mean, they did a fucking awesome. Is it creepy? fucking scene. It looks, they're all holding, they're all singing hymns and holding your faces in their hands. I mean, it's awesome. Um, on top of that, you have the apes actually marching into the cave at the, at the same time. Uh, so shit is really hitting the fan. Yeah. Uh, once um, Taylor and Brent escape the prison, uh, sh- you know, sh- again, shit's hitting the fan. Uh, you got, you got a, uh, an eight that, um, uh, one of the, um, eights come in and try to, tries to stop Brent or Taylor. They, they try to stop him before they fire. Um, they end up firing the rifle and shooting Nova in the back, which is, which sucks. <laughs> it's, just, it's so sudden, it's brutal. It's like, what? And she's fucking dead. It's crazy. Um, it's, yeah, and it's, yeah. And, 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 and so I'm, pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, what I, what, one thing I thought about, um, whenever Ace, um, meets the, uh, go to the, um, wall of fire, yeah. don't the yeah. humans, the telepaths kind of show like a destroyed version of their lawgiver or whatever? They, 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 yeah, and he starts bleeding. Bleed. Yeah, bleed. okay, okay. bleed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot about that until you said yeah. it. Well, I got that was, and then I like years last time I saw it. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's that's where that's where Zayas runs into the fucking wall of fire, and he's like, "Look, the lawgiver bleeds." You know, it's 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 fucking. They call it. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy man. They call that a. 
Zayus Ex Machina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Mother Mary sort of shit, fucking exorcist kind of stuff. Uh, it's very good. I, I like it quite a bit. This, this one came out in 70, so... Uh, but, um... Uh, so, basically, after Nova gets killed, Brent, Brent, um, and, uh, Taylor, well, Brent Taylor. tells Taylor, Brent tells Taylor that they have a nuclear weapon, and it has the symbol, has the symbols of Alpha Omega on it, and, and Taylor says, it's a doomsday weapon. So, after she's killed, he, they're like, what do we do? And Taylor's like, we gotta stop that weapon. So it's super foreboding. It's like, okay, nothing, nothing, nothing good's gonna happen. It's all downhill from here. There's no way two dudes are gonna stop this army of apes and telepathic people. There's no way this is gonna, they're gonna be able to stop all this shit. There's absolutely no way. And no. if you thought that, then I, you're, you're kind of correct, but at the same time. They do end up winning the day, I just in a, in a more cynical way than you think. Um, they end up blowing. They end up blowing away this fucking the, the minister of this of the of the. Um, I forget what they're called. They're like the worshippers of the bomb or some shit. He he ends up getting blown away in a very violent fashion, in my opinion. Oh yeah, a G oh, yeah. a G movie. They fucking straight up. Shoot this dude like six times. He fucking squibs all over his chest. He's fucking dead. And um, Heston Taylor, Heston's character Taylor gives uh, uh, Brent this fucking rifle, and he's like, "Go up, be basically be sniper, and I'll fucking go down and try to take care of someone with my bare hands." And uh, it doesn't really work out that way. I mean, uh, Brent does Brent does take out a lot of them, but then. Fuck me, man. This shit domino effect like crazy. Um, Brent gets fucking shot in the head. Like, he's shot in the chest and in the head. They, they kill his ass brutally, too, man. It's it, it's dark. Um, they kill yeah. him They kill him really quickly. Like, it, it, it's so quick when he dies. You have to rewind it to be like, what just happened? He's dead? Like it's crazy. Like I, I actually rewound it and was like, "What? What just happened?" I like this guy. I like Brent. Now he's dead, and they end up shooting um, Taylor, and Zayas uh, 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 is like, you know, gives him some sort of shitty speech about how this is, you know, this, this, it, all this makes perfect sense because this is how you humans are. Like, right? Am I wrong here? Yeah, he's like talking yeah, shit. Yeah, to him. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's totally talking. Yeah, he's shit in there. He's like, talking shit to him. Like the guy's holding this fucking like you can tell he's holding a, a blood pack against his chest. He's squeezing. He's like, oh, yeah. see what happens. Uh, fuck you guys. You're a bunch of dicks. Yeah. He's like, help me. He's like, ah, oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And um, your your fucking final shot is uh, Heston pressing down the fucking launch button and fucking turns into negative and you got a fucking narration basically saying that they destroyed the entire world. It's over. In one of the countless billions of galaxies in the universe lies a medium-sized star. In mm-hmm. one of the satellites, the green and insignificant planet is now dead. 
I love that fucking. I, I love that narration. That's so good. <laughs> and apparently, yeah. Apparently, um, um, the original that was not the original ending. Uh, but um, Ted Post is is in the making of of the next Planet of the Apes, and he was not happy about the ending because Keston, um, this was his idea. His idea was to nuke the world. And the studio yeah. liked that idea, and they said go with it, and they fucking nuked the planet. So I'm I'm looking at some of the quotes. Like there are some great fucking quotes in this in this movie. Oh, like, totally. It's not just the the end the end narration there. It's like when Cornelius tells them they will dissect you and they will kill you in that order. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or, oh, this is what Zaya says to him. You ask me to help you? Man is evil, capable of nothing but destruction. Yep. And, like, he's sitting there, like, he's orbing his fucking guts in and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a fucking doctor. He's a doctor, man. He's supposed to fucking improve science. And he's like, fuck you. I'm not helping you. And he don't have no Hippocratic oath being, or the, what? Yeah, the Hippocratic oath. First, you know, I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a gr- I forgot about this. I'm reading these lines. <laughs> this is a great fucking line. If you were caught by the gorillas, you must remember one thing. What's that? Never to speak. What the hell would I have to say to a gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brent, Brent's got some really great lines uh, in this movie. He's, he's, a, he's a good character. I like him quite a bit. Even, even though he crash lands sort of similar to Taylor and his crew, I don't think this. I don't think that really takes away anything from how awesome this movie is. It's an awesome movie. Yeah, it's one thing about NASA in the future. Um, anytime you land a, a spacecraft, somebody dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what are you guys' thoughts on this one? I think I, I think I've told the entire movie, but I mean, hey, this is the fucking Planet of the Apes episode, so. Yeah, I give it, um, This movie's been out since 1970. Like, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I give it five braids, fire, walking through fire, they have just, yeah. out of five. You give, it, you give it five bleeding fucking lawgivers out of five? No, five <laughs> braids, they have walking through I'm, fire. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, five I'm, bleeding lawgivers. How about you, Patsy? Uh, I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give this four and a half dirty loincloths. Stinky ass. Tellers or Brent? Well, he's wearing, uh, Tellers is actually wearing like a weird suit, like a white fucking vice, uh, Miami vice suit. Yeah, those weird fucking robes. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So, Brent, so Brent's is probably the stinkiest because, well, maybe actually probably Nova's probably the stinkiest because she's been around for a long time. So, yeah, you know those yeah. like those telepaths, yeah, they, they probably got they got they probably got a laundromat working somewhere. Oh yeah, man, they wash yeah, their mind. They have a fucking atomic yeah. bomb. Yeah, they got laundry. If they have an atomic bomb, they've got to have laundry service. Yeah. You know, I guess I guess tell you guys that fucking that whole like atomic bomb set, like that whole like sort sort of pews set up with the bomb that's 
rises up out of that crater, it's fucking awesome. It looks badass. Yeah. I mean, it's you know we didn't we didn't mention, but the apes try to take it to dissect it. It's really cool. They like put like ropes around it and shit and try to take it down and everything. It looks it looks magnificent. It, it, it's really well done. Um, I, I I will say uh, from the knowledge I got from the uh, from the making of uh, Warner Brothers, I mean Fox Fox was basically on the verge of bankruptcy when mm-hmm. this was coming out. Uh, I don't remember the budget, but it was very high. Um, this movie made a lot of money. This this movie got Fox back on track. Uh, and no one, nobody had any sort of faith in this movie at all, too, and it made tons of money. So. Well, this is also another one of those films that gets uh, parodied a lot. Um, sure. I don't know how often you guys watch Futurama, but there's uh, an episode where they go in the sewers and the, the mutants that live in the sewers have the bomb. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Fry says, says, you guys worship a, an unexploded nuclear bomb? And the mutant goes, no, nobody's that that observant. It's mostly a Christmas and Easter thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'll also say, you know, you got future out there, but I'll also say fucking Fallout, uh, Fallout 3. Fallout 3 has a, a town, I think it's called Nuketown or some shit, where they worship a nuclear bomb. Uh, so yeah. that's even, that's also it's very much of a beneath Planet of the Apes sort of thing too. Um, I'll also give this a five out of five. I, this is one of my favorite sequels ever. Uh, this is a fantastic movie. Just a regular five out of five. No oh, five, um, five Nova's. Oh, I'll give it, uh, geez, uh, I'm trying to think five here. unhelpful Zayas's. Uh, they haven't walked through that fire, though, dude. <laughs> um, I'll give it five. Nova's eating a apple rapidly out of five. So she eats that apple like vigorously. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, or five Nova bikinis out of five because wowie. Uh, but anyways, um, let's move on to uh, I think it's Escape. Look it up here. I got it on my phone. Escape from Planet of the Apes, 1971. The world is shocked by the appearance of three talking chimpanzees who arrive mysteriously in the U.S. spacecraft. They become a toast. They become the toast of the society. But one man believes them to be be a threat to the human race. This is uh, directed by Don Taylor. Uh, He directed the 1977 version of The Island of Dr. Moreau. He also directed The Omen 2, which is awesome. And he also directed directed The Final Countdown. So, uh, there you go. The Final Countdown. That's it. Hey, he's he's uh, Europe? He's not Europe. (laughs) Thank God he's not Europe. Um, you know, it is to be said. I will say um, that all these, all three of these directors, they lived a long fucking life. Uh, they all lived pretty much into their eighties or their nineties. So these guys did stuff. These guys did stuff and lived for quite a long fucking time. Uh, so, um, who wants to take the reins on Escape of the Planet of the Apes? I literally just watched this a little while ago. So okay, I can do this one. All right, Patsy um, is on, on, on the on the fucking thing. Let's do it. So it starts off with um, 
you've got this, uh, you know, opening shot of, like, the ocean, and you see the crashed ship. It's very similar to the opening of the first film. Yeah. Like, when you see, you know, the, the ship crashing and everything, and, like, somehow it ends up, uh, the ship washes up on shore, and, like, all these army guys are there, and, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. I'm like, oh, we think, you know, it's a crashed spaceship, and, you know, so, like, all these, these army people show up, and, you know, they think it's the, you know, the tailor and the missing, uh, crew, yeah, missing, yeah. uh, astronauts and everything. Yeah. And they're like, oh, welcome to Earth, sir. Oh, it's so, you know, welcome back. It's so good to see you. And, like, he, uh, they take off their masks, and it's Cornelius and Zira and this dude, Dr. Milo. Like, oh, well, don't yeah. get too attached to Dr. Milo. <laughs> no, uh, no. I, I love the... And, like, they don't... I, I love the credit, the credit beginning, too, man. It's like, uh, Roddy McDowell takes his helmet off, and it says Roddy McDowell. Kim Hunter takes her mask off, and it says Kim Hunter. Fucking Milo takes his mask off. Yeah. It says nothing besides his name. <laughs> it doesn't say his name at all. And Milo, like, it moves on. He takes his mask off. It just says, fuck Milo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really cool opening scene to a movie. I won't lie about that. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Um, so they get to a zoo because they're trying to figure out, like, how the hell did these chimps get this fucking... Uh, Spaceship. Yeah, like, oh, they were clearly trained to hit buttons and stuff. And they're, like, administering uh, these different tests, trying to figure out if they're intelligent or, like, what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I like all that stuff. It's an interesting thing, because, like, we know that they're intelligent. We know that they can talk, but nobody else knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole the whole world has been reversed. Yeah, the whole world and stuff has been reversed from you know when you first meet them in the first film, and um, but the, you know they come across Taylor, and now they're captive by humans, and you know, pretty much in a lab or you know in a zoo or whatever. And but I think they have more of an advantage. They have more of an advantage because they know that. <clears throat> Taylor, you know, they, they are familiar with, you know, Taylor's background. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They yeah, know, yeah. like, like, okay, you know, this is where Taylor's from, you know, give or take. You know, we know how humans were to apes in his time, so let's kind of play it safe. But I think the first, the first question you have when you see these guys, you know, you see Taylor and, I mean, not Taylor, you see Cornelius and Zira, and then you see, like, this third guy. The first thing you see is, Milo. who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck yeah. is this guy? Like, because the I, only people they ever really emphasize are, you know, Cornelius, Zira, um, Ursus, and um, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, yeah. Yeah, like, who the yeah, fuck is yeah. this clown? Exactly. I thought the same thing. And too. it's like, who's, well, who's this guy? He's uh, his name is Doctor Milo Exposition, and he's there to kind of explain, you know, what's going on. 
he also That's literally all he does. He, like, well, he also was able to put the ship back together to get it off the planet. Which I want to know, because right, that's obviously Brent's ship. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, uh, Charlton Heston's ship is underwater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what the fuck did he use to put it back together when, like, their most advanced thing that they have is, like, a fucking pulley system? Like, well, they not have... Not even just that. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, not even just that, but I also question how they found his ship because they only told Brent where they left Taylor. So he never yeah. told them where he left his ship. So have, they have no idea. I'm okay with them is. accidentally stumbling across it. I'm okay with that. Is. Like, I don't, you know. That's fine. But, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. It's fine. Yeah one, of the things, yeah, one of the things about it, though, I can come across the Millennium Falcon but I'll never be able to fly that Millennium Falcon, you know, to like Boston or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, that was going to be my next point. That was literally going to be my next point. It's like, wait a minute. And, I, and I'm around technology. You know, they, 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 they're separate you, any kind of technology. Exactly. Like, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, well, oh, don't worry. I know how to fucking fix this spaceship. Like, the last time we saw Cornelius, he was talking about how flight is a scientific impossibility. You go from not even knowing about paper airplanes to fucking space travel? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they, you know, they also were able to, to follow the trajectory back to Earth, like, what, 200 years or some shit? Because they go back to 1971 or whatever, or 72, and they know that uh, Milo says there's 200 years in the past. So it's like, how did they find out that trajectory to get back to this Earth at this specific time? Because it's obvious that in the first movie, they uh, once they get back to that Earth, it will not be the same time. It'll be a completely different time in the future. So I don't get that either. Maybe I'm thinking about it too much. I don't know. You guys there? Hello? Hello? Okay, you guys there? I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Corny. Okay, let's 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 start where we kind of left off. You guys remember where we left off? Yeah, we talking about um, motherfuckers that just have horse and buggy flying spaceships and shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It ain't happening. Yeah, like that. Shit, I got a I got a damn Blu-ray player and a fucking projector in my basement, and you know, talking on the damn iPhone. I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to fly the Millennium Falcon. Where are you at? What the fuck? Yeah. You're not going to be horse and buggy and all of a sudden going to be flying a damn fucking spaceship to damn modern day Earth, 1970s Earth. You know, what the fuck? Well, it's not, yeah. even, it's not even like, oh, I found this spaceship and now I, I know how to fly it. it. I found this broken spaceship. I fixed it because I know all about wiring and fucking welding and shit. 
Very yet, what the fuck? Very yet, what the fuck is a spaceship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a dude just taught me how. how, Yeah, that's a fucking human just showed me how damn paper airplane works. A master initiate. And he wasn't even there for that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that Milo. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Milo. Milo. Well, anyway, he's dead. (laughs) <laughs> I love the way he dies. It's it's it's, it's um, surprising. It's like, oh shit, he's dead. <laughs> like you don't see it coming. It's like, no, all right, guys, here's what we need to do. <laughs> what happened? Oh. What happens? I, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, I hadn't seen him in a while. Fucking gorilla breaks his neck, a, uh... basically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it fucking yeah. grabs him and strangles the shit out of him. Like they're yeah. standing there, and he's like, all right. Because they're in the uh, they're in the same cell at the zoo with a gorilla. They're like, oh, don't worry, they'll be happy. There's a gorilla in the cage next to him, and Zira's getting all pissed off. And she's like, oh, fuck gorillas. And that's what I was thinking. Man, that apesis. Like that yeah. definitely is apesis. Because before <laughs> yeah. I was saying it was apesis, like that was a species thing. And yeah. this, like you know, this ape is better than that ape. That's 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 ape apesis. Yeah, wow, these, yeah, these, yeah, these ain't got fucking doctors and shit, and they just got just got killed by a gorilla. I know the guy. He's standing there. Fucking Milo is standing there. I'm the smartest ape of all. Let me lean up against this cage that also has a gorilla in it. And, like they're sitting there, and it just grabs them and strangles them. And you know, being the helpful fucking intelligent chimpanzees that they are, uh, they stand there and let him die. <laughs> yeah, and like the next thing you see is. The next thing you see is them like, uh, like they're wheeling him out and like, yeah, we uh, like, yeah, we need this, uh, we need an autopsy done and uh, you know, <laughs> make sure they do the uh, speech center of the brain and like they're telling like these two fucking cops this. It's like, yeah, okay, so I'm sure these <laughs> yeah. two cops are gonna be the ones taking care of the autopsy. Yeah. Oh god, like this, this one, this is when it like. I don't want to say this is when it started getting ridiculous, but it was getting ridiculous here. Well, you know, the like, thing is... I the love thing, these movies. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing for me is with this one is that it, it, it's... I guess more heavy into the politics. Um, which, you know, I'm, yeah. not a fan of, oh, I'm, yeah. not a, I'm not a fan of politics, but the idea of three apes showing up on Earth in a spacecraft... And they're talking to a, a board, a government board, in a courtroom. And I like that idea. I like the idea of them actually um, defending themselves. They're being their own sort of defense lawyers. Um, I like that idea quite a bit. And what? And they're just like celebrities, all overnight celebrities and shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they are very so, much an... overnight celebrities. There's um there's some great stuff in this like as kind of like wacky and goofy as the plot is like there's some really great stuff in this like when they're trying to figure out what to do after they find out you know that Zira's is an alcoholic they uh, they're trying yeah, to the lush yeah yeah like oh you know what is this oh think of it as grape juice plus like oh yeah. what's your favorite fruit grape grapes like. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I mean, the I, president I, I, in this is actually pretty level-headed, which I, I you don't really I agree. expect. Because it's like, well, you know, you know, yeah, she dissected humans, but like, is that any different? Like, it's not like they're doing it like now. They were doing it in the fucking, you know, two thousand years from now. Yeah. When humans are dumb. Like, it's, is it any different from what we do? Like, no. at all. Is it any different? Yeah. And then they you know, have that great line, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned this, when, you know, the guy's trying to convince the president to kill the apes and abort the fucking, uh, the unborn baby. They're like, oh, but wouldn't you have killed Hitler? And he's like, yeah, I would have killed Hitler, but would I have done it by killing him when he was, you know, a fetus? Would I have done it by killing his parents? Like, I don't know about that. Like, that's, and it's like, you know what? Like, if you if you can go back in time and you're like, okay, this is your one chance to stop Hitler, but you have to kill, like, you have to kill him as a baby or you have to kill him as, you have to kill his parents before he's conceived. Yeah. Well, what you, the best thing to do is kind of just be around him and just kind of, you know, kind of, Talk to the dude and just ask him why he's so fucking angry. You shape you know? him. You, you, you let him become. Yeah, you, you let him become him. an yeah, artist. Him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that's what I would do. And then Hitler would be like, "What's this black dude doing in Germany right now?" <laughs> <laughs> like, why is he speaking English to me? I have no idea what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking all the fucking beer. Looking up with all. The- <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the fact that he's showing up during Oktoberfest all the time and drinking and telling me about being cool and shit. What the fuck? He's drinking out of the fucking booth. Oh, he stole my about? Jewish girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, uh, Hitler had a girlfriend. Okay. Um, but um, it, I, I like the idea that the U.S. government allows these allows Cornelius and Vera to go like out, get their own apartment. Get clothes. I like the line. You know, get get Roddy McDowell back for um, for Cornelius. I like that he's like go. They go to that hotel or that apartment complex or whatever it is, and they're like your previous occupation. He's like eh, the zoo. I, I like all that. Yeah, stuff. Like, like yeah. Like, what, what's your previous address? And he's like the zoo. The zoo. Yes, that's, it, that's it, yeah. Uh, but I like all that stuff because Roddy McDowell really makes the makeup work. You know, it, it, it takes a lot. Oh, you yeah. gotta find the right actors to make that makeup work, and I think Kim Hunter and uh, Riley Dow really make that makeup work really well. And this is another one with some with some great fucking lines. Like, oh, does the male talk as well? Like when Vera first speaks, like, oh, does the male talk as well? And he's like, yeah, when she lets me. When she lets me. Yeah, yeah. I, I like yeah. that line. It's good. It's, and they all and everybody in the like, oh, you're speaking English. Too. What's English? Yeah, well, all the people in the courtroom cheer for that. It's like it's cool that this world, um, you know, this sort of side pocket in the universe in this movie, they're like they're 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 um, cheering for the outsiders instead of like booing them and really wanting them to to end up in a fucking cell. They're cheering. Yeah, but that, that's just yeah, but that's just a movie in the seventies. I, oh, I agree. Hey, hey, Jeremy, how about how, how about you get um, be able to fly tomorrow? Everybody would just freak out, dude. I'm just telling you. 
I wouldn't fly, but I just I just They'll like be that. I'm the fuck out of you tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, I would I would I just like that idea. I like the idea that the the that the army is like, or the government in general is just like they're they're being more open minded and letting this sort of stuff yeah, happen. Yeah. They're cheering for these, you know, these species this, this species of apes that can talk and think and uh, are basically just like humans. I mean, they, that's what they are. Um, well, I mean, they did ask. They asked the doctor, like, what do you expect to, you know, to come of this, this, uh, you know, meeting or whatever. And he's like, fear. And he was 100% right. Like, that was a line, too. Like, yeah, what do you vet- think is going to happen? Like, oh, everybody's going to be afraid. Yeah, the veterinarian is, the veterinarian and his wife are really good characters in this one. And, uh, I I don't remember what happens specifically, but I mean, you eventually find out that Zira is pregnant, and what ha- what happens yeah. after? I, I forget what happens after they find. Oh, out they were pregnant. they were going through they were going through the museum, and like while they're going through the museum, um, that's when they find out that she's pregnant because she like kind of labor, like, labor pains so like oh you know the excitement was too much for her she goes no it's not the excitement or the shock or whatever because they see like the display they're like no 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 no, it's not that like i'm pregnant and like they start freaking out okay okay end up drugging her and shit yeah they making her spill the beans on fucking taylor and all that shit so yeah i remember that well you 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 what happens yeah, to, what happens to start this this sort of shitstorm is that Cornelius finds out that they basically basically made they basically fucking water well they waterboard her but they, they they drugged her enough to have her spill the beans and he finds it yeah. very disres- very disrespectful and this guy comes in to serve them food and Cornelius accidentally kills this guy um, yeah and they. Because they keep calling them monkeys. Yeah, and he's getting pissed. And I hate I hate that fucking shit too. So I mean, yeah, it makes it makes sense that he gets pissed off and fought this guy off. But instead of like beating him, like knocking him out unconscious, he has to be fucking like broke his fucking skull, and he's fucking dead. Yeah, because he's too strong. Yeah, I mean, a fucking a chimp is stronger than a full grown man. Oh yeah. Yeah, and um, they end up taking off. And escaping, um, and they eventually, uh, uh, Cornelius eventually meets up with uh, the veterinarian's the veterinarian's wife, and she helps them get out of get out of the city. Speedy, um, and and he, what's her name? Speedy, yeah, Speedy, um, yeah, and and he's like, you know, I'm, you know, I did not mean to hurt that man, but um, they're pressuring my wife. And they well, they don't even call her. him a man. He keeps calling him a boy. So I don't, I didn't mean to hurt that boy. I didn't mean to hurt that boy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, you know, they, you know, they keep they keep calling him a boy. But she, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he was a young kid. Yeah, and, and she believes him. And she's like, it's okay. I believe you. You know, just get in the car and get down. And I'll get you as far out of the city that I possibly can. Meanwhile, you have Victor. Yeah, because at that point. Victor from yeah, fucking. Because at that point, Zero is in labor at this point. Yeah, yeah. And, um. You get Victor from fucking Young and the Restless, and you guys ever watched that before? He's like the, the president's right hand man, the, the, the evil piece of shit that's basically trying to go out and assassinate Zira and fucking Cornelius, going after them. And um, 
Yeah, the veterinarian do the Hitler line. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know Stevie and her husband take them to a circus, fucking ran by Carlo Montalban. Yeah, which is amazing because every line he speaks is awesome, and because Ricardo yeah, Montalban is like, awesome. Oh, you expect me? Yeah, he goes. You expect me to risk imprisonment just for uh, some ape? I say, of course I will. Yeah, you know, it's like I love him. He's a good line. Character. He's such a good character. He's when he say what's the line he says? He said, he said if this, he basically like if this world, if this civilization crumbles, and we are we are um, forced to be ruled to be. by your kind, I couldn't pick a bet. I wouldn't pick a better. Race to rule me or whatever. It's, it's a fantastic yeah, like you, line. I, I hope. Yeah, because he's like chimpanzees are my favorite apes, and you are my favorite chimpanzees. You know, shit like that. Yeah, it's really good. I, I like it quite a bit. Um, but they they do eventually take off from the the uh, the circus and uh, head into sort of a, I don't know, what would you guys call it? Like a power plant? Like a closed-down power plant district? It's or a, something like it's that? It's a uh, derelict ship. It's a derelict ship. Ship. That's it. Okay. All right. Um, and they try to... They the, try uh, to... the doctor's like, oh, I used to play there as kids. And he tells them, because they, they're trying That's to hide it. out for like a week. Yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. So after a week, they'll leave with the circus. Because yeah. the plan is for them to, like, go live in the Everglades. And, like, okay. you know, Zira can have her baby there. Because she, she gives birth to the baby. Yeah, yeah. She she has the baby. Um, the baby's name And they're is... like, oh, look at this. There's another, here's another baby right here. And, like, you know, there was another mother chimp. Yeah. Um, what's, the, what's the baby's name? Uh, I forget. Was it Caesar? Did they name him Caesar, or was it? I don't think no, it's Caesar. They named they named the baby Milo. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, well, the government eventually um, they end up coming to the circus and sort of trying to uh, parade a uh, fucking Ricardo Montalban. He he. Yeah, he's a, he's cool as a fucking cucumber, man. He fucking he's letting this shit fucking roll off his shoulders, no problem. He's like, yeah, I've seen yeah, him. He's like, oh yeah, we we already had a chimp. This, this here's the birth certificate. You know, yeah. from six weeks ago. I love him. He's yeah, a so great, he knows, he's a great he character. He's, yeah, he's totally knows what he's doing. I mean, so um, cut to uh, Cornelius and Vera on this fucking ship. And eventually, um, I call I call him Victor because that's all I remember him from. I remember from The Young and Restless, the old soap <laughs> opera back in the nineties. But he eventually shows up to kill them, um, and then he just gets really fucking sad really fast because this this movie's got a, a, another really fucking dark ending. Yeah, it really was, does. I was not expecting that to happen, and I was. I, it's been a long time since I've seen any of these movies, and I fucking forgot how fucking depressing this shit is, and it is yeah. really depressing. I mean, it's not happy. I yeah, because Victor shows up. Victor sure, but... shows up, and he's like, he goes, I want that baby. 
and they was like, you can go fuck yourself. He's like, yeah. give me the baby or I'll kill you. And she, like, tries to run away. He fucking shoots her in the back, and ridiculous piece of shit. Yeah. But, like, he, um, the good doctor had given them a gun, because they're like, if they catch us, they'll they'll kill us, right? Yeah, yeah, and exactly, exactly. They're like, yeah, most likely. And he's like, well, you know, given the choice, you know, we'd rather do it ourselves. Yeah. So Which is also he gives them a gun. Dark. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 He gives them a, a gun, and after the guy shoots Zira, and then shoots, like, she drops the baby, and he shoots the baby, like, fucking 11 goddamn times. It, it, it ends up being a... It's, it's, being a, it's fake. It's like a fucking pillowcase or some shit. No, it's it's a real baby. It's just the uh, the it's other swap. chimpanzee that gave yeah. birth. They swapped them. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. she's like sitting there, and he fucking he's up top, like he's like at a higher level, and he shoots. Which again, I don't know what's more impressive: the fact that they can fly a fucking spaceship, or like this motherfucker's firing a gun for the first time in his life. And it's like fucking pinpoint accurate. Goddamn James Bond firing a goddamn uh, fucking pistol. Then <laughs> shot kills the guy. <laughs> and then, of course, all these gathered police and military guys shoot him and kill him. Well, don't they and drop... Zero they drop... Uh, well, Zero drops the baby into the water. Yeah, she fucking picks up the baby and and just fucking tosses him in the water. And then, and and then, then like, goes over and dies. Well, Cornelius shoots... Shoot, Cornelius fucking blows Victor away. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, with yeah, one okay, shot, okay. like, he's the most amazing fucking marksman ever. <laughs> like, he's never, he's never fired a gun because they're pacifists, but, like, you know... He's goddamn Annie Oakley. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. He shoots him like fucking uh, like I don't know five times in the chest. He's fucking dead. He shoots him a lot. <laughs> I mean, he's fucking gone. Yeah, they shoot I mean, Cornelius a shit ton of times. They shoot. Yeah, it's like Scarface, and they blow him away, dude. Um, <laughs> fucking Zira crawls up and dies next to him, and then the fucking. Yeah, after she throws the baby in the water. Yeah, after the baby gets thrown. It's it's so... Joanna walks in while that happened, and she's like, what's happening? She's, like, so, like, upset. (laughs) I'm like, you got to watch it. It's hard for me to explain exactly what happened here. It's very sad. Uh, These two characters that were, like, the nicest, most likable characters in the first and second one, and through this entire movie of the third one, are dead, brutally dead. Uh, it's just, it's not a happy, even though you get to see Milo at the end doing his reverse shot of saying mama or whatever, uh, it's not a happy ending. It, yeah. it, it sucks. It really sucks. <laughs> yeah, like, none of these have a happy fucking ending. Like, they're Hell all no. just Hell awful. No. Well, I haven't seen... I haven't seen four and five, so I don't know. So I don't know how the other ones end. So I mean, that's why. Well, I, four, for me, four is um, 
battle for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. Revolution. And Roddy McDowell is back as Caesar. Yeah, okay. And yep. Oh, he's Caesar. And what's-his-name is in it. Yeah, he plays Caesar now. But he's, uh, what's-his-name is in it, too. Ricardo Montalban. And it's okay. supposed to, like, and I remember this distinctly, because I remember watching this as a kid. It starts off, it says, North America, 1991. Oh, my God. And they okay. kind of, uh, wow. they, they, really they, they do expand on some of the stuff that Cornelius talks about in, in, uh, in, in one? one? Talk about how, like, no, in the, in the third one. Okay. Talk about how, um, all the, uh, pets died, like, the yeah, astronauts yeah. came back from space and, like, sure brought a brought a uh, uh, a plague with him and that's how like man decided to domesticate you know, take apes uh, as pets. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then okay. like they were surprised by how fast they learned and how quickly they were able to uh you know, learn how to do tasks. You know, okay. They mentioned that in the in in this one because they're like, oh well you know you know what you're describing is, you know, no different from like a dog or a cat. And Cornelius yeah. is like, yeah, but can a dog go to the store for you? And like, you know, can a dog do uh, you know X, Y, and Z? And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, well, no, but he's like, yeah. So after a while, instead of you know being pets and um, companions, they were essentially slaves. Yeah. Well, that is fucking depressing so, as well. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. but the the one who led them in their uprising wasn't named Caesar. He was named Aldo. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Which they it's been, it's been they a make long sure time. to mention. Yeah. It's a long, long time since I sat down and watched the last two at least. Well, any of them, to be honest with you, but it's a long time since I've I don't season. remember I, the. I, I, I just don't remember you on those last two aren't as good as the first three. Yeah, after after a while, like it definitely uh, blends together. The quality dips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, but, um, do you guys want to rate the third one? Mm. Yeah, you can rate the third one. Yeah, I give it to Ricardo Bond. No, oh, all right. Uh, right. I, 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 I don't remember what the third one. All right, Patsy, good. I am going to give this one. Uh, yeah, it's been a you know, other than today, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I'm going to give it. Uh, I'm going to give it four, four, uh, how do I want to put this? <laughs> four, uh, four smash waiters. Huh? <laughs> four, four smash waiters. That's what I'm going to give it. Uh, I'll give this, I'll give this one uh, about, I'll give it like a 2.5. Uh, Milo's neck neck snaps out of fucking five. 
I was just thinking after the dead dead milos. Four dead um, two and a half dead milos up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you you guys want to touch on the remake at all or the reboots? You guys want to skip that stuff? So. Just touch. On. Um, I mean, I've seen so them all. Yeah, I've seen them all too. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, besides, I really, I really besides like four and five, yeah, really I've like seen them. I've seen most of the other ones. So, uh, Patsy, how do you feel about the rest, the whole rest of the catalog there? I mean, I've I've seen all of them. Uh, I think that the newer ones. I mean, one of the first things I thought of when I saw the the. Uh, trailer for War of the Planet of the Apes, one of the first things I thought of was, um, you know, especially when I saw, what's his face there, um, Woody Harrelson, yeah. all I could think of was um, Matthew McConaughey in uh, Rain, Rain of Fire. Fire. Rain of Fire, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the same thing, man. It was like the same, same fucking character. Yeah, yeah. That's a feel bad about Blu-ray because I love that film. Rain of Fire is an excellent. Oh, I fucking love that movie. movie. That movie's amazing. Saw it with my dad in the theater. He fucking loved it. Great. I don't care what anybody says. That that film is a fucking classic. Oh, I agree. It's so goddamn good. Uh, Well, I will say this: the remake, the the remake, Tim Burton remake is, uh, for me at least, it's garbage. Uh, That's my opinion. Uh, I like the special effects, so I like the makeup and stuff. But it's I like, like cool. yeah, I, I like the ship design. I like the, the ship design and everything. Yeah, I do there. too. Oh, I will. I will say. I will say this though for that for that film, one of the best things about that movie, fucking Tim Roth. Tim Roth, is, yeah. Tim Roth, Tim Roth is, is bringing amazing it. Amazing in that movie. He's bringing it. He's definitely. He definitely brought it. Um, I think Michael Clark Duncan's pretty great, but I mean the movie is not good. Uh, it's, it's a lot no, of not, the movie's not good. I mean, Chris Christopherson's all a hell I mean, of a cast. It, it, yeah, well, it can be a hell of a cast and be a poo poo movie, and it's uh, definitely a poo poo uh, movie to me. But and, I mean, uh, it, Paul Giamatti too. Paul <laughs> Giamatti, yeah, he's in there too. Um, but um, I think the reboot is it, I, is it with with oh. with, with um, the, the burden one. It just seemed like it was claustrophobic. I, I guess he likes going on sound stages and making movies, though. That'd be. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of soundstage stuff in the Burden one, yeah. Oh, it makes okay. it, ma- yeah, it makes it, it, it makes sense though for Planet of the Apes. Though. A lot of that shit soundstage. I mean, there's a lot of open open yeah, land, but a lot of soundstage stuff too. So. Well, well, you can watch films that, you, that most likely might be on the soundstage. Like everything is on Star, on the Star Trek film. You know, you know, anything having to do with the bridge stuff is in the soundstage. But sure, sure, yeah. It's what 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 Burton does it is just just all feels real claustrophobic and I don't know if it. Well, I say I would say probably the, I would say the first three Star Trek films are on a soundstage, and after that they kind yeah. of they kind of change stuff around. I mean, you know, but you know, yeah, but you know everything on a bridge, you know, is on the sound. You know, agreed. Yeah, of course. But it, course. but it, what what everything when he does films, it just every, most of the stuff just seems real claustrophobic to me. I don't. I don't know. You know. Well, I mean, Burton has worked a lot. With I will. Sound I will say this though. So. 
Go ahead. One thing I did like about the Tim Burton version, he didn't put Johnny Depp in it. That's very true. But, but, but Helen Bob Carter is in it. So. But you never know. He might have been in there. Well, Mark Wal- that out years later. Mark Wahlberg's in it. That's enough for me. So that's, it's brutal. Um, but... I will. I will say the. First, I've only seen the first two reboots. Um, I have not seen the last one. I've seen War, uh, but the first two reboots are awesome. They're shit. They're fucking great movies. I think um, the second reboot is amazing. I got some fucking state of the art. I mean, it's a beautiful fucking movie, and it's got a, and all the sign language stuff is perfect. I love all yeah, of that shit. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's an amazing movie. Andy Serkis so, is fucking awesome. Old Golem and Schmeagle, he's he's fucking yeah, he's he's rocking it, man. He, he's perfect. Um but um you know this, this is a fantastic this is a sort of well I wouldn't say sort of, but this is definitely a cornerstone of science fiction, uh, in my opinion. Planet of the Apes is something that's long going. Shit, they just made War. War is brand new. They're still making Planet of the Apes movies. Holy shit. I mean, that's, that that counts for something. So uh, the fact yeah. that this is still relative, I mean, this is still in the media. It's still in the conscious of, 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 of you know, <laughs> civilization. People still are, know what Planet of the Apes is. Uh, is is, is a, a testament what this movie that came out 40 years ago meant to so many people and it still keeps going to this day. Uh, Planet of the Apes is a staple in science fiction, a staple in film, uh, it's a staple in storytelling. It's, a, it's, a, it's incredible. Uh, it's an incredible story and uh, one that no one should ever forget. It's, it's, it's a classic. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Absolutely. And even though those those sequels they go down, uh, it doesn't matter because the first three are, are I think are really, even though I give the, the third one a, a, a slightly less uh, a rating, it's still a fantastic movie and everybody should go see it because it is one of a kind and you will not see that. Yeah, you know, no, I, I like, definitely I agree. Like Fourteen dollars at Best Buy now, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one, no one yet has made a movie where fucking apes come to a planet of humans and wear suits and mingle and play parcheesi or whatever you fucking want, want to do, fucking Scrabble. Uh, you don't, you don't see that shit. You don't see that stuff anymore. That's original and it's brand new, and it's awesome. It's awesome that it existed. It is it's awesome that it still does exist and it still resonates. And instead, I just bought the fucking legacy edition. Last week, I mean, this shit is still happening. Planet of the Apes is relevant. It's relative. It's rele- relevant more than ever, in my opinion, especially the way the world's going right now. Uh, it's very relevant. Yeah. So, I mean, we I, we got a fucking gorilla right now, and fucking as president, he's a he's one track minded fuck. He wishes he was smart as a gorilla. Yeah, he's a, he's a fucking ape. Well, not a, not an ape. But he's, a, he's a silverback gorilla, man. He's one track minded. He only has one track, and he's a fucking idiot. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. scary. It's getting scary. He's fucking Amy from. He's, he's 
He's Amy from fucking Congo is smarter than fucking Congo. <laughs> Amy, stupid monkey. Fuck me. Come on, man. I mean, they're way smarter. But uh, anyway, yeah, um, Amy had fucking empathy. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Amy was smarter. It's smarter than fucking the president right now. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it was. It would be like if, if Doctor Zayas, one of the smartest he is, was, but then was cocky. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Was a working like if, if if Ursus was in charge. Ursus yeah. is Ursus is perfect. Anyway. Um so uh Patsy, um do you wanna tell everybody where they can find your awesome fucking show with your amazing wife and your amazing friend, Nicole? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm from uh, Throwdown Thursday, and uh, Courtney, we've got to get you on there, buddy, because we've had, uh, we've had everybody else. Yeah. But we need you yeah. on there. Uh, Courtney definitely needs to be on there, for sure. Talk yeah, we'll, we'll Akira. have yeah, we get a Akira episode. Thank you. Yeah. You, you well, I would love to do a fucking Akira episode. Or Blues Brothers. Uh, or Blues Brothers, yep. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of room in this mall. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can find us. Uh, that's another fucking super quotable movie. How often does that train go by? So often you don't even notice. <laughs> My favorite movie is with the, the two dots and oh, the falling to the ground, and that guy just looks at the other guys that always love you. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. That's I've always tires, loved you. Top engine. Yeah, I fucking I love it, man. We got a full pack of cigarettes, a full case of beer, full tank of gas. Yeah, Blue Brothers is the best. I offered, yeah. I offered my help. You said you don't want our money. So I said, I guess you don't shit creek. I guess you're up shit I, creek I, then. I said you're up shit, you're up shit creek without a paddle. Fucking. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, that's one. You know, I don't think Ashes has ever seen that. Oh wow, wow. So you may, you may have to make this happen for me. Okay. Carrie Fisher has never been more beautiful than fucking um, than Blue Brothers, man. Blue wow. Brothers, yeah, Whew. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's a special place in my heart for that uh, that. Golden bikini and uh, my, Jedi. I man, I just saying like a woman at the end of the tunnel with a fucking M sixteen. It's pretty. She's pretty, man. She's real beautiful, man. No, are you no, that rocket launcher? Yeah, she's she's reading a magazine and 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 getting all that all chewing bubble gum and shit with a detonator yeah. and shit. Yeah. It's, it's doing her it's, nails. It's, yeah, she's gorgeous, oh, man. Jake. <laughs> so gorgeous. Come on, baby, come on, baby, please, please, baby, 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 please. Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, you can find our show on the uh, Stitcher, uh, iTunes. Uh, we have our Facebook group, Throwdown Thursday podcast. Um, you know, we're on, we're all on Twitter. Um, oh, can I? I, tell I, don't, I don't know if you guys. Oh, my, I'm a Patsy the Angry Nerd. Okay. Um, I would I would like to uh, if I if I may talk about our contest that we're running for charity. Like is that okay. of course, of okay. course. So 
right now, like if uh, for folks who haven't listened to our show, uh, we are running a contest where if you send uh, episodes and our social media outlets, you know, be it Instagram, Facebook, you know, what have you, uh, just send us a picture of you maybe donating a toy for toys to to, uh, to toys for tots or uh, one of the other. Um, you know, an animal shelter, like doing some sort of charitable good deed. You know, um, sure. You know, maybe you're you are, you're adopting an animal as a Christmas present, like you know, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we will enter you into a contest. We will, we're going to be posting the prizes uh, soon, but we okay. got, um We got a bunch of autographed stuff from uh, some of the celebrities that uh, I chatted with at Rhode Island Comic Con recently. Including Meg Foster. Ooh. Uh, Meg Foster autographed a whole bunch of stuff for us. Like, there's a picture of her as Eva Lynn from the universe. There's one of her as Roger Piper in They Live. There's one from uh, 31. And then there's a couple of her when she was younger. Uh, So she just autographed a bunch of stuff. We got uh, got a nice autographed picture from... uh, Brian O'Halloran, who you oh, know right. from uh, as Dante oh, from Clark. Clark. Yeah, yeah, Dante, yeah. Dante, yeah. Yep. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yeah. He is today. <laughs> What's funny is the thing that he autographed is a refrigerator magnet with him in Clark's, and it says, I'm not even supposed to be here today. He signed that. <laughs> we have uh, a picture from Samantha Newark, who is Jem from Jem and the Hardware. Oh, wow. Wow, uh, wow. And we are putting together some um, some mystery boxes. Okay. So we're going to put together some themed mystery boxes. And there is an autograph in one of these. We're not even going to say who it is, but it's a, a, a huge star who's relevant right now, like very relevant. Okay. So, um, sure. Sure. But we're not going to say who it is. Like he's done TV, he's done movies, he's done all kinds of stuff. But we're not going to say who it is because it's it's a very big star, and we're not even sure which, like how we're going to do this, like which box it's going to go into, or if we're going to do this separately. So we're still kind of working it out. Right. The contest officially kicks off on December 1st, and on December 26th, we're going to be recording uh, for you know the the end of year episodes. And live, we're going to do Facebook Live uh, in studio with Johnny Wolfenstein. And we are going to draw all the numbers through the uh, random num- number generator that Johnny uses for the trick-or-treat radio stuff. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So there's a bunch of different prizes. Is, it, is that going to gonna be a, one question, is that going to be a completely live episode or is it just going to be drawn? We're just going to do the, just the drawing okay. is going to be live because that, okay. that's a Tuesday. So. Okay. Uh, so we're just going to do the drawing live um, before we, we – actually, we might record while we're while we're doing it so we can cut, you know, in case somebody you misses a live video. You okay. should. You should definitely record, yeah. And um, what we'll do is, you know – A special Tuesday edition of So Down Thursday. Yeah, Pop-Up Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll uh, – so the way it'll work is, you know, say you really want the Meg Foster picture from, you know, uh, They Live. 
So sure. you would donate one toy or donate, you know, to whatever, or, you know, drop some food off at a, at a, at a uh, you know, food drive, what have you. You take a picture and say, okay, this is what I want to enter for, and that'll be one entry. But if you're like, okay. well, I also kind of want the one from Masters of the Universe, donate something else, and you'll end up in, uh, you know, you put your name in for, you know, the Masters of the Universe one. So Man, evil, every evil. donation you make... Evil Lynn maybe a, is maybe a is fucking one. man, dude. I got I got uh, <laughs> yeah, I might have you some about that. I will tell I will tell you uh, one of the coolest things when I saw her. Uh, I went up to her the first day and I was like, you know, because she was very very nice at Rock and Shock last year. I remember she was we, we, sat in, we sat in on the uh, yeah we sat in on the the thirty one yeah. panel yeah. Yeah, that uh, Stephanie Wiley moderated. Yeah, yeah. And I went and I chatted uh, with her afterwards. And when I saw her this time, I went up to her and I was like, oh, you know, I just want to say that I saw you and, you know, you were very, very nice. And she goes, I remember you. I remember your eyes. Oh, wow. wow. And coming from her, like, that that was impressive. Uh, So she told me I had to thank my mom for my, my amazing eyes. So then after that, the first time I talked to my mom, I'm like, yeah, so this this uh, you know this lady because my mom doesn't really you know know who all the actresses and stuff are. I'm like, like yeah, she sure. told me uh, that I have to thank you for my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a good time. That's fucking awesome, man. Make sponsors um, the shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, she was great. She was really, really nice. She's great lady. like the sweetest, sweetest person. Yeah, I was way too, I was way too afraid to even talk to her about Master University when where I was up there last year. Like I can't talk to her. No oh, I, I, I told her what that's what I knew her from. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, they live. I was like, oh man, Evil Lynn was like that was my, that was my lady, man. I was like, oh wow. So, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna post some pictures of like these different things. I may I may uh, I know Jeremy I may take a picture of this evil in and, and shoot a shoot a message to us so and can see what it looks like. Ooh, okay. It's, it's her as evil Lynn holding the fucking key of destiny or whatever the fuck it was. Oh, oh the cosmic key. That's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm down. Like it's death ass. I love I love Evil Lynn. I love Nick Foster. I love well, you know, They Live is jo- Joanna's favorite Carpenter movie. So, did you just not show her that in the last couple of years that she had seen it before? I showed it to her two years ago. Oh, okay, okay. You know, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, my I haven't. God. Watched, I haven't, but I haven't watched it. Corny, you believe it? I know. I'm. Oh. I have to. I have to watch it soon. Oh, Patsy, I, I... Yeah, you need to watch that, and you need to make sure Ashton sees Blues Brothers. Well, make sure oh, she no, sees They Live, that, too. Believe me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, I'll make her watch They Live. All right, I'm going to get you... We, I have to watch it, on. too. Oh, yeah, you know what tripped me out when, when y'all had said that um, Nicole hadn't seen uh, Pacific Rim? I lost my mind when, you know... Yeah. I lost my mind it's when she funny you said she'd seen fucking Blue Brothers. Come on. When uh, when she's sitting there and uh, like four. 
Stephanie's like, oh, I can't believe you haven't seen this. Oh, I'm such a bad friend. Oh. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It has nothing to do with you. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this girl had this movie since July 2014. Wow. Like, she's got Blu-ray, my... DVD, and digital. It's my movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, like, you talking I, about that I gave it to her, like, a while ago. <laughs> Oh, I, I think it was Chris Tucker that did. I think it was Chris Tucker that uh, said one time, "Do you ever loan somebody something so long you end up having to borrow it back from them?" <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> 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 you, Patsy. <laughs> yeah. Well, she finally gave it back, so that's good. <laughs> Well, you know, here you go. Here's your movie I've had for three fucking years. Yeah, I hope the movie is good, but, like, the first one, I saw that in theaters at least three times. Oh, yeah. I I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater, but, like, I kept trying to convince Ashes to watch it, and she's like, Ooh, specific rim job, I'm like, I'm telling you. Not specific rim job. And then afterwards, we're sitting there, and I'm like, so what'd you think? And she said, I really like it. I was like, fucking don't. <laughs> it's that fucking Idris Alba, and I think she'd like it. Shit. Oh, yeah. And she says to me, she goes, she goes, oh, well, do you, uh, she goes, oh, do you want it? Because she, she got La La Land. I, I bought her that because she really wanted to see it. She's like, oh, do you want to watch that with me? I'm like, yeah, in about three and a half years. We <laughs> fucking, you know, to make this even. Uh, La La Land, yeah. Oh, I, I really enjoyed really, pictures, so you can take a look. Yeah, I really enjoy La La Land. Um, that's not my jam. A couple for weeks sure. ago, I was. Yeah, a couple. I guess a couple months ago, I I helped my. I really set up my neighbor's uh, home theater and everything. And like last month, it was his birthday, and I was I got to talking about movies with him. And I was like, uh, "You ever seen John Wick?" And he was like, "John what?" And I was like, "What?" I seen John Wick. He was like, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." So I bought him John Wick one and two for his birthday, and um. A couple Sundays ago, he didn't finish all of the first one, but whenever he started watching that, he texted me for at least an hour. You know, that the first hour that mm-hmm. he was said, you know, he he had to go to work or something. He did this. He, he goes to work at noon, but like I'm at work and he he texted me from home. You know, saying that he liked the cleaning service, he liked this, he liked that. He's like, man, this movie's kick ass. So. I hadn't talked to him this week. He lives just across the road from me, but I rarely ever see him. Well, I I, I don't know, man. I used, to, I used to watch fucking Dirty Dancing like this year, and I fucking hated it. So hey, whatever. <laughs> my my dad was the same way with John Wick. I'm like, oh, you gotta watch this. You gotta watch. It, you gotta watch it. Like I I let him borrow it. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then like he had my Blu-ray for months, and finally he's like, hey. I'm like what? I'm like, oh, I just, I just watched John Wick. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's so good. I'm like, oh, so you finally watched the Blu-ray? No. Uh, <laughs> it was on TV the other day. Like it was on TV. I'm like, what? 
Like you've had oh. the goddamn Blu-ray for like four months, and you just watched it on TV. Passing you the option of never let oh, anybody borrow my Blu-ray. I'll buy you shit before I let you borrow it. Cause I, oh, man, you know it's crazy. Well, but my dad, my dad would be the guy going, "Hey, you seen John Wick yet?" I'd be like, "No." I'd be like, "Man, shoot that John Wick shit out." So that's the trip. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought this episode was fucking fantastic. Um, uh, I'm not going to put it out right away because it needs to be edited together since uh, we had to break it up. So, um, okay. Tape recorder gets tape recorder gets kind of weird after like almost two hours. Uh, so um, I'm going to send this shit to Jeff, and hopefully Jeff can splice it together and make it sound pretty good. I think he's got some. Jeff's always got great ideas for intro music and stuff. So I'm just gonna let him do what he has, what he wants to do with it, and I'm sure it'll sound fantastic like it always does. So okay. Uh, okay. once it once it ever gets once it gets put out, everybody will see it. I'll tag you, Patsy. I'll tag you, Corny. Um, okay. But um, I think I think this is a great episode talking about fucking Planet of the Apes. It's probably one of our best episodes yet, in my opinion. Yeah. So besides that last episode, well, look, I think the last. Two episodes were fantastic. CDR, when we talked about Child's Play 1 through 3, got fucking Dane talking about Robocop and Dark City, and we got Passy on and talking about fucking Planet 8, 1 through 3. I think it's... It, 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 the, the cabal... The date is when, when Slay got so sweet. Cause I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're never going to let it go. We're never going to let it go. Just, I'm not letting that one go. I ain't letting it go either, man. No, just don't it's ever let it funny. go. No, no, he... He, he, he never let go of the cheese explosion. Oh, he's going to hear this shit. I, I I didn't know about it until you guys talked about it, so I... <laughs> something else to fuck with him about, I guess. Cheese explosion. Play off. Yeah, molten cheese. I'm going to tag him as, I'm gonna tag him as molten cheese from now on. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, all right, guys. Well, um, yeah, I have a good one. I'll let you guys go. Uh, by yeah, Mel Gibson's beard. By Mel Gibson's beard. Yep. I'm gonna. I gotta give my wife a call because she's uh she's out of <laughs> her mom's house, so <laughs> give her a call and uh, probably go to sleep. Sounds I fine. I at work in the morning. Y'all have a good one. All right, guys. All right, later, buddy. Bye. All right, bye. Bye. All right, take care. All my life I've awaited your coming and dreaded it. Like death itself. Why? I terrified you from the first, Doctor. I still do. You're afraid of me and you hate me. Why? Because you're a man. And you're right. I have always known about man. From the evidence, I believe his wisdom must walk hand in hand with his idiocy. His emotions must rule his brain. He must be a warlike creature who gives battle to everything around him. Even himself. 